0: Well,
1: Sasha and I are very delinquent because basically both of our lives exploded, but 2022 is going to be our year. Shh, don't do do that. Don't do that.
2: No, none that's of good. us on here is powerful enough to jinx anything. <laughs> we don't have the ability to jinx. But the anything. four of us together. Oh Richard, no, Wait, that's right. That's form right. a Care Bear
3: stare like power. <laughs> yeah. So, so long as at kinds. least one of
2: us doesn't say that, we
3: exactly. can break the spell. Okay.
2: <laughs> I'll
4: stay quiet. I'll stay very quiet.
1: Feeling good. Feeling pumped. All
3: right, Ready? Ready. Born ready. (laughs) Let's do it.
1: Hello, I'm Amy Rivers and this is Eating After Midnight, a podcast where me and my best friend Sasha Chambers reheat movies from our childhoods to see if the leftovers have retained
3: their flavor or leave a bad taste in our mouths. It's also about how these movies influenced, inspired, and shaped us, whether the ideas they cooked up and fed us nourished our bodies and minds, or just rotted our teeth and clogged our mental arteries.
1: Sasha and I are not film scholars, but we do have a genuine love of movies as well as a beautiful friendship that spans 26, 27 years. I guess it's almost
3: 27. Whatevs forever. Forever friends. It's been a long time. (laughs) And we're still not (laughs) sick of each other. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas, everyone. We know Ah! it's been a very long time since you've heard, heard our voices. Um, We're very sorry that, We didn't finish our Halloween episodes, (laughs) but fuck it, it's Christmas, and we've got a very special episode today um, for lots of reasons. Number one, we've got two guests. Not only do we have two guests, but we have like our favorite guest. We shouldn't say that, right? Fuck it. We've got our favorite guest, George Sakara, joining us. I'm joined
3: sure. by his favorite co host and our new favorite guest, Richard something of Worse Scene. Does it get any better?
1: It's like a, a Worse scene, um, best scene, eating after minute.
3: It's a crossover My- episode. It's a crossover yes. show. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that took a lot to get out.
3: Fuck. It's going to be a long night. Oh, man. This is
0: exciting.
4: Oh, man.
3: We're all drinking except mm-hmm. for Amy. So, yeah. uh, She's got cool. to
4: drive us she's got to drive us home after this. Yeah.
3: Yes, yes, yes.
4: It's so it's our
3: rough. our Christmas episode joined by the great hosts George and Richard and we are straying from our usual format and doing two movies in one episode mainly cuz we don't fucking trust ourselves to finish two episodes this month. So, with that said, George and Richard the inimitable and the wonderful. Would you like to share anything about what you guys have got going on before we get into the soup? Um,
4: sure. Well, as you've oh God, this is going well for me. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, we, we have a show called we're seeing best scene. I've been, this is my third appearance now on eating after midnight. I'm very excited about that. Uh, as the caffeine enters my bloodstream and I start talking faster. Um, yeah we have christmas stuff happening on our show too and um uh i guess i can say that you guys are also going to be guests on our show um our very special christmas spectacular episode so keep an eye out for
2: that um that's it richard you talk now you did such a good job introducing (laughs) it all what else could i say there's no other details i could put in there um yeah we have our podcast. You know, it's good to repeat things. Mm -hmm. It helps people fall asleep when they're listening to a podcast. So um, you won't be falling asleep to this one, but later when you're listening to our podcast, you'll definitely fall asleep. So the worst scene, best scene, the podcast about movies, much like I had been calling it the podcast about movies, but now on Eating After Midnight, I'm like, that's another podcast about movies. What am I doing? I've been claiming it's the only podcast about movies. So um we're seeing besting one of two podcasts about movies i guess yes like i gotta start saying that now. every time i mean sometimes i say it's one of one of two or one of three because i yeah. wasn't sure i didn't want to be overly confident yeah. and i have been listening to this podcast i'm just not very it just wasn't picking up on it i don't think i don't I, that's <laughs> sure. the sure. i don't i don't think that's i wasn't getting it um it was like about I don't know. I'm, I've gone on too long now. I don't know. I, anyway, you should you should listen to this podcast. Yes. Um, go back to the beginning. If you just finished the whole thing and start over, Listen to it again. Um, and then you can come listen to our podcast. Yeah. I would oh, say- my God,
1: you both gym. are full of lies. These guys, <laughs> do me and Sasha's favorite podcast mm-hmm. that we're seeing best seen. They are amazing and funny. Yes, we've had George on a couple of times, but Richard, it's a pleasure to have you on the show for the first time. I This is actually my first time meeting you.
2: Oh, right. It is. It is our yeah. our first yeah. time meeting. Uh, it's very Sasha, exciting. Of
1: course, was on, on your show doing um Encino Man, Rain Man. Phenomenal right. episode. Everyone <laughs> check it out.
3: You know what? I'm actually just occurred to me. I'm really surprised that we didn't that either of our podcasts didn't think to do
0: mm-hmm.
3: was the ridiculous Star Wars Christmas special
4: Oh, Ooh.
3: right we'd well, we have to put it up against that. another
4: Christmas special right sure the Carpenters Christmas
2: special is also right? bonkers save
3: that for next year that may need to be the header: Carpenters the, and Star Wars because that the Chewbacca maybe. thing mm-hmm. and this oof man
2: maybe next year the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special comes out maybe oh. that would be really good right and then we can do those two against each other yeah yeah that's
4: right we kind of can't do the insanely bonkers terrible carpenters versus the insanely bonkers terrible star wars christmas special yeah gotta be got some
3: balance there
4: yeah yeah it's like we can do the oh go ahead no 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 No, no, I I insist. This is what we're going to do for the next half hour, it's just going to be this back and forth. That's why Richard and I can never enter a building, because we're just always uh, saying no, no, after you. you." I mean, that is actually, that
2: is true. It does take a while for us to determine which one is going to open the door. And then fast forward to
4: us both, like, just two skeletons outside of the building. Um, Outside of a bar.
2: Yeah. (laughs) this is what you mean by building. (laughs) Yeah. Where we get our nourishment. That's right. Um. That's why we have to, uh, to arrive at staggered times. <laughs> our house, when neither of us will be able to get in. That's right. Unless someone else opens the door for us. And then we feel really rude Yeah, that they opened the door. Like we should have done that for them. Yeah. But then we then buy go, them. We, we can't th- go in. Then we go in buy them and buy them yeah. by their entire round, yeah. all their rounds for the rest of the night. Because they were so polite.
3: <laughs> this is the episode, everyone. We have no intention of speaking about any movies. <laughs> no. We're just going to let Richard and George talk for like the next Man. hour. Enjoy. Enjoy
4: okay
1: all right we are going to talk about movies because on
3: this episode what's our theme sasha basically it's it's the christmas present gone that that gone wrong right the christmas present gone wrong um mixed with magical asians
1: (laughs) (laughs) fucking a (laughs) oh my god sasha sometimes i feel like I couldn't love you more and just like, <laughs> like just like the Grinch my heart grows 50 sizes in one <laughs> second just for you my love wow. yes everyone so the, the Christmas present that went wrong slash magical Asians and our first one up sizzling in the plate is gremlins Ooh. which is where we get our cost our, our title yes. from yes and everything i cut off the theme song sasha so go for
3: it fucking such a good song man it's so it's good So good such a good it's such like a good you guys jam. on
1: your podcast you were talking about how um Home Alone, one of the reasons like that it tripped over into becoming a classic was because of John Williams' score, Uh absolutely the truth. And this one, like like maybe that's like, you know, one of the things like how to make a Christmas film that you will watch again and again, and it needs to have that soundtrack and Gremlins definitely has it
3: i can i can understand how people want to engage in some kind of debate about whether or not die hard is a christmas movie but who the fuck wants to debate whether or not gremlins is in fact a christmas movie right that is a christmas movie anyone who wants to be like no it's not is an idiot
2: i agree i just (laughs) want to go up and agree and also i've been seeing this Because there was such, of course, Die Hard is a Christmas movie discourse starting to happen, that now there's all this pushback that it's not because it doesn't contain the themes of Christmas. The only theme of Christmas is that it happens in December. That is the theme (laughs) (laughs) that's Christmas music playing and there are lights up. Yeah. And if that is in your movie, that is a Christmas movie. Now, if your movie encompasses like a whole year and Christmas is in there, that's not a Christmas movie. Yeah. But if If you, Yeah.
3: If a police enough, officer though, has a mental breakdown, screaming, "It's supposed to be Christmas! What's going on?" It's a Christmas movie. Absolutely.
1: Okay? <laughs> like... No, see, in my opinion, any even if it if, if Christmas happens in it, it gets to be a Christmas film. Yeah, yeah. Because, I accept. Like, I could. I um, also
2: accept that too. I feel like what I said was wrong earlier, and
0: I yeah,
1: because it. because we had this debate when um, we watched Princess Bride. And when he gets the gift in The Princess Bride, that's it's 100% a-, 100% a fucking Christmas movie. Absolutely. 100%. I didn't know that until we yeah. did it on our show. Yeah. And and now I need to make sure that I watch it tomorrow. Yeah. That and Scrooge. Oh. That's what's going to yeah, happen. Yeah.
4: Scrooged. Gosh. Yeah. Scrooged.
1: So, George, I was going to have this conversation with you. So, just like Halloween, and
4: mm-hmm. I get
1: really obsessive over my Halloween films. Yeah. I do the same at Christmas. Yes. Get really into them. And I watch them overall. And then, and I was thinking, I was like, I'm going to tell George that. And then I realized I kind of just geek out about all of that. Like if you want to talk sports movies, it's like, oh yeah. I like a sports movie. And then it's like war movies. Oh yeah. (laughs) Let's watch Full Middle Jacket. Like, so I can't really have a claim to like too now, much but yes my christmas movies are something that get me very excited everywhere. this
4: has been something that i've been thinking about a lot especially this last week i think that there is something inherently similar between horror movies and christmas movies there's uh and we're going to talk about this a bit we, we have a, a very special uh you know secret episode coming up uh, but anyway but i think that there's um there's it's a lot of you get put through the ringer you know you 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 sometimes you cry sometimes you're screaming you know there's there's horror there's all the buildup, but there's a release at the end of it that's why that home alone is you know one frame away from being a horror film you know it's uh there's actually a french film um called like dial code santa claus or something there's a lot of different titles for it and it's it came out before home alone it's about a kid who's making all these traps to stop a serial killer you know, it's, it's a French movie, so it's a little bit more, you know, adult for kids. Um, yeah. You know, the kid's ten. He's got three mistresses. He's a chain <laughs> smoker, drinking you know. whiskey. Yeah.
3: I um, I did really like though, Richard, the the observation that you made on that note that Kevin really is just one pen stroke away from being a serial killer himself, in the way that he mm-hmm. delights in exacting pain oh, yeah. on, on the on the criminals, on the thieves, and and how much he just. He knows somehow how to inflict pain without causing murder, so that he can continue to inflict pain.
2: He's clearly who inspired Saw, whatever Mr. Saw, yes. whatever that guy's name is. Oh, right, uh, Saw Jameson. I don't know what his yeah. name is, but yeah. Saw, I think Saw was originally going to be called Home Alone Three. Yeah, that's right.
3: And right? then they're like,
2: "Oh, we're making a Home Alone Three, and oh, we'll just call it Saw." Absolutely, <laughs> that's the that'll be cool. Yeah.
4: But there's a release, like at the end of a horror movie, you get that exhilaration, like "Oh, I lived through this!" And with the Christmas film, it's you know, you come through at the end, and people are singing and all that shit, and just want to drink hot cocoa and you know,
2: get drunk.
1: You cry, you You cry cry. tears of joy, absolutely, versus tears tears for fears. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's that's good. Oh my god! (laughs) But
4: it it really it plays on the same emotional instincts. I. Yeah, so I think that I, I am a bit obsessive about, as I'm, I'm looking at stacks of Christmas movies that I've got laid out, you know, it's like, all right, remember to watch these before the end of the month. So.
2: Yeah, there's only so many emotions to play on anyway. You've got happy, sad, laugh, cry, afraid. Yep. Those are the five emotions that I'm aware of. And so <laughs> any movie that can play on two of those, that's a successful film. And that's what Christmas and Halloween movies do. <laughs> uh and, or horror movies as they're also known
3: and that's certainly what gremlins delivers for yeah. sure now i know because we know that i'm like a big baby when it comes to anything that's scary i, I was saw very this. curious
4: about this yeah you.
3: i saw this in the theaters as i when i was a kid with my mom who for some reason thought it was a good idea to bring me this and thank god for the cuteness of gizmo because if not for the cuteness of gizmo i would have been fucked up traumatized forever and ever after seeing that, because I found it terrifying. I did not like it and was only okay once Gizmo was back on the screen and I was certain that Gizmo was safe. But in rewatching it, I was like, this is such a solid horror comedy, which I've now discovered, of course, thanks to your podcast and encouraging me to watch Cabin in the Woods and American Werewolf in London, that uh, is a genre that I absolutely love. I I loved Gremlins from the start to the finish. Just the way it opens. I, why is the dad like a half drunk, flat foot gunslinger detective in Chinatown? Like, why? And then there's like that, the slow mo. All yeah. it's just like, it's so, there's so much crazy. There's so much crazy just, just from the first few scenes. She's like, this is going to be the weirdest fucking Christmas movie ever, and I cannot wait. Yeah.
1: Well- <laughs> um, on that on that note my my first question um so we're going to change up our format a little bit here all y'all in podcast world all the fans of eating after midnight uh we're we're going to just kind of go through a couple different questions we're going to talk to George and Richard about them um but we're not going to go play by play through the film but i reckon we will probably touch on all your favorite moments for both these iconic films and funnily enough, you guys have already hit two of my questions, so I'm going to have to just re ask them again. Um, so, George and Richard, whichever one of you wants to go first. Oh, so no. Our podcast is about, you know, when we saw it, when. So, can you, um, either of you, both of you, remember when you saw Gremlins the first time and your your emotional feelings about it at that time?
4: uh you want to go uh george you go first okay turns going first you go first this time well that's reasonable um i really don't remember when i saw this this is one that i i really 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 wanted to see as a kid but i feel like it had gotten tagged as being really genuinely scary i had the storybook like that remember um those it wasn't the one where it's like a book on tape you know that you had as a kid but it was it was a little storybook with photos the photo book and then a full size like comic book or like drawn story book i had toys from this we had the Gremlin cereal or the the mogwai cereal um, <laughs> but i can't remember actually going to see this in the theater we probably rented it because it would have been a little easier and safer to you know hit pause or give us a break if if i was to call my brother right now he would he would let me know for sure because he's got a memory uh, about these types of things but i guess i saw it later on on video um but yeah this there was like a real myth about this and um we definitely you know oh okay this is i wanted to mention this we had the little grow do you remember those little rubber things you put into water and they grow like 500- oh
3: fuck, i love those things absolutely. so much absolutely so i
4: had i had a, i had i had a, a gram and um and it grew to like this big slimy gross uh, thing it was it was awesome it was like the size of an infant it was it what was, so it really grew we like kept it in a bathtub for a week it was oh fantastic. my god
0: <laughs> yeah oh my god
4: yeah so but yeah so i don't i mean i must have seen it in 84 85 but this was definitely one of those risky movies so what about you richard
2: i've often thought i'm of, i i 1st saw it by reading it from a from a video store with my mom, probably a few years after it came out. But I've always had this memory that we went to see it and we saw The Ghoulies instead, but I don't think they were out at the same time. I think we went to see The Goonies and we saw The Ghoulies instead, which I think were at the theater at the same time. (laughs) Uh, um, And so, and my mom being, uh, being, not much older than me, did not think it inappropriate to go see a movie with like a weird little creature sticking its head of a toilet in the poster. It's just like well, that's for kids, probably. And so we saw we saw the Goonies instead of the Goonies, I think. But either way, the first time I saw Gremlins was renting it and watching it. I think with my I think my mom and I rented it and then watched it with my grandparents. And I just remember feeling a lot of joy watching it. That's, I don't think I was particularly scared, probably because I had a mother who would show me the ghoulies uh, when, I'm, when I'm five. But the, um, but yeah, that, that's my memory. We rented it. We watched it. I thought it was really fun. And then I watched it a lot after that because I liked it so much.
1: So I, I think I'm on the same trip, except that I, of course, had two older brothers, uh, Aaron and Mark Rivers, say their names, look them up. Um And, um, so I didn't get away with like, we're not gonna watch this because it's scary <laughs> at all. But funnily enough, like I don't remember it being a scary movie as a little kid. All I remember, to Sasha's point is how cute Gizmo was. Mm. And I just want to explain this. Like, my like affection for Gizmo when I was little, was overwhelming. I think I actually cried because of cuteness overload. You know those like videos on YouTube where girl gets a puppy and she starts crying because she's just so happy because it's so cute. Like that was Amy Rivers looking at Gizmo like cuteless overload and I was obsessed. Like like you know before there was baby Yoda, there was Gizmo and it was like I just I remember us all being crazy about how cute he was. Mm-hmm. It was just insanity. Yeah. Um, and to the point where, like, when I watched it again, a to Sasha's point again, like it's a phenomenal movie, but the ick fa- oh, like the ick factor of like bubbling, yeah, gremlin flesh, like it's pretty high up there, and I remember none of that from being a kid. Like, all I remember is Gizmo singing and how cute he was and, like, and how just obsessed I was when I was a little girl. I was just, it's all I wanted. Like, fuck my little ponies, Gizmo (laughs) is all, like, it was the cutest thing. Even now, I'm I'm getting a little crazy about it. It's, like, my kid Gizmo, (laughs) where I'm at right now. Anyway, so... My first question is, um, is this possibly the greatest Christmas movie of all time?
2: Oh, I guess it's my turn to go first. And I would say no. <laughs> it, is, it is one of the great Christmas films, certainly. This is the best Christmas film of all time. Having just watched It's a Wonderful Life, thinking of Miracle on 34th Street, uh, thinking of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, uh, even thinking of the other film that we have today of oh. uh, A Christmas Story uh, or National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. There's just so many things. I think for a Christmas film, uh, a lot of it is the emotions that stirs up with you for Christmas. I mean, this may be a better film even than everything I listed except for It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. But like in terms of what it stirs up emotionally, when I think of it as a Christmas movie, then it gets mixed up with movies that start to make me cry as soon as I turn them on, which is a lot of Christmas movies, but not the grim ones. Uh, I don't start crying when I turn this on. I get happy, but I don't start having tears well up in my in my eyes. So for me, no, it couldn't possibly be the best one, but it's certainly, I, I, I it's in a tie for, for first with a bunch of other things. Sure, Th- that I can say. It's like a one, one G. Among- hmm. Oh. <laughs>
1: Okay, George and Sasha, yeah. same question. However, like if it's not the greatest, where does it fit in? Where is like the magic place this fits in, in the canon of Christmas films?
4: Hmm. It's interesting as a kid, I didn't think of this as a Christmas movie. I just thought of this as a kid movie, like Goonies or, uh, or like Goonies. Yeah. And um, um, yeah. I don't know. Well, Watching it again recently, what really makes this great is that it does use so much, like there's so much of a visual homage or homage, however you want to say it, uh, to things like uh, It's a Wonderful Life and like all of the great Christmas movies. And I think that there's even something about the way that they film, uh, what is it called? It's not, what is, what's What's the, the town? It's not Bedford Falls. It's uh, something else falls. Anyway, I thought I had it written down. Um, but like this wouldn't, I think this wouldn't be as great if it didn't really shoehorn all of that in. And it's, it's um, so it. I think because of that, it does have to be thought of as, yeah, 1G makes sense in the top. I think uh, it's a nice, like if you, let's say you only had five Christmas movies you, you could watch in a month. Like this would be a great one because this is, this is, like if you were to do a double feature of It's a Wonderful Life and this, it would be hilarious. It would be so satisfying to watch. So.
3: Yeah, that's where I would go with this. Well, Given that, of course, my family is Jewish, so Christmas like we you know, we had a tree, but it was a Hanukkah bush. We were never like really Christmassy, you know, but we did the thing so that I didn't feel like left out from all the other kids at school. So we never watched a ton of Christmas movies. And I feel like if we had had that as a tradition, gremlins definitely would have been somewhere in the top three to five because it just would have broken up the schmaltz for us you know all the christmas schmaltz would have just been like eh, a little bit, well melted away by the horror comedy that is that is gremlins and um yeah so definitely it's not it's not one of the best but it's it's up there like it would be in the same vein for me as national lampoons mm-hmm. christmas vacation like okay you have you've keep pulling at my heartstrings and making me want to care about my fellow man and be a better fucking person. Just show me some other shit now and throw some Christmas trees in the background. That'll be great. But between the two films that we're doing today, I would say definitely Christmas Story is a better Christmas film, I would say. I though. think you
1: guys all hit on the point though. I think what makes Gremlin so great as a Christmas film is that it uses... The, you know, it it is a homage, homage. Now you've got me fucking it up. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Homage, I'm lying. You know that I fuck up things all the time. So, you know, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, um, it is a homage to a bunch of Christmas films like from the way the town looks exactly like Bedford Falls to, you know, just like all the different elements in it, like even to like Wizard
3: of Oz, like with that. Oh yeah. Sure.
0: Like,
3: like, I was just gonna say that was one of the things I loved about it so much was the 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 Wicked Witch of the East. Is it, is it the Wicked Witch of the West? Which one is the one? It's the Wicked Witch. The West, I always know? fuck it up. It's the West, Wicked Witch of the West. Oh my God, though, when she is in the bank talking about like, I want your dog. Give the beast to me and he'll meet a slow death. Oh my, I was just like Mrs. Deagle, threaten my dog one more time and see what it gets you, bitch. See what it gets you. I could not. The animal, (laughs) the suggestion of animal abuse in this film is really the only thing that really fucking upset me consistently all the way through. All the way through. I did not like that, like, Gizmo is this exotic pet just being kept in a basement somewhere for sale or not for sale. I did not like I did not like when he gets splashed with the water and he's like laying on the desk, belly down with the most horrifying gizmo faces ever. He's in so much pain. And Corey Feldman's like, oh, why is he making that noise? He's interrupting my comic book reading. And like, they're just completely nonplussed by the fact that this adorable creature is in tons of pain. What about
1: later on when he takes it to, you know, his his science fucking oh computer. i was going there next oh yeah and and he's like look what happens when i do this I'm oh yeah
3: oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah my note at that point is i hope he tears your throat out you fucking asshole like that is my note i can't it's so fucked up barney in the lights stop fucking with animals it's not okay it's not okay oh
1: oh yeah when barney is up with the lights that's so sad
3: that's really fucked sad. up it's really fucked up that and made me really glad when miss deagle got launched in that fucking electric chair i remember that part that was not... really terrifying as a kid i remember oh. even though i hated mrs deagle that for some reason that part was really scary to me the thought that like an elderly person who was somewhat you know um incapacitated like she's unable to go up the stairs herself and her like chair gets fucked and launches her like what was so scary and horrifying to me this time fucking hilarious i think i rewound it and watched it twice well
4: that was my favorite scene i think when i was a kid um but the thing that scared me when i was the, the thing that really r- i remember as a kid was the scene in the science class where there was just all the Footage of hearts beating on the projector, uh-huh. like that—that—that that, that really burned into my brain. And, um, but yeah, I, I loved even as a kid. I loved seeing that—that—that that, uh, that old lady getting launched out of her window. It was oh, terrific. Man,
3: did I yeah. fucking howl! Otherwise, though, where I did not howl at all and was like legit horrified. And I don't know if this is because I live on the ground floor and this is like one of my irrational fears. Like that weird seatbelt cutter that I have on my keychain in case I ever drive past an overpass over a backyard with a jacuzzi and my car goes in and I think I'm going to drown in six six inches of water. <laughs> um, what happens? To, oh, fuck. I'm, I'm going to fuck up his name now. The guy who was in good old, good old WWII.
4: Oh, yeah. Mr. <laughs> Is it Putterman?
3: I think it is Potterman. I have it in here somewhere. It's anyway.
4: The great character actor, Dick Miller.
3: He's so great. He's so great. But when they drive the snow plow through the living room and him and his wife get crushed up against the wall, I was really, I was like, this is horrifying. Yeah. This is legit scary. And and also too, like I said, plays into one of my like it's not so irrational fears. Actually, my neighbor's SUV is the only thing that stopped a car from driving into my living room a couple months ago. In fact, so that's that's like a terrifying thing to me. Super terrifying thing.
2: Yeah, that is a that is a terrifying thing because you'll see that in San Francisco sometimes. Yep. Uh, Of of there's a bar down the street from me, Comstock, where a truck just drove into like into their wall and yes. had the close for a bit because it was collapsing and there are people walking down the street who just get hit by cars on the sidewalk. Yeah. Uh, which is terrifying. That is I, terrifying. Yeah.
3: I actually lived in a haunted apartment that was haunted by a little girl who was died in that way. Oh That's boy. Terrifying. And this episode just took a sharp left. <laughs> yeah, it did. No. Oh my God. Let's back to the
1: Christmas man. <laughs> okay. So my next question is, um, what kind of animal wraps a living thing like when his father gives him a gift, he wraps Gizmo up? Like, what uh-huh. is this about? And I guess this leads backwards into our whole um animal cruelty in this film. But that one was for you, Sasha. What kind
3: of animal? I was horrified, just horrified. I, I'm always horrified <laughs> the, the whole film. thing by this, or, yes. Or commercials do it a lot too, yeah,
1: right? Like they wrap a pet like you don't wrap a pet you tell the bitch to close her eyes and then you bring the animal in yeah i don't really understand but anyway but i mean everything's you know um cagey really he like you know basically steals the animal yes down and everything and in the first place so i don't know why i was expecting better from him um, his inventions suck. We're talking about his father, of course.
4: Of course.
1: Now, country, who, who, country
4: singer Hoyt Axton, by the way. Sorry.
1: What is okay. that?
4: He's a country singer, Hoyt Axton, um, the the dad.
1: But he was in a lot of things in the eighties, wasn't he? I mean, I recognize him, and he's he would. To be fair, he's fantastic in this. Like, I love his character. He just has some questionable moments. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> But he's he's actually like a complete joy to watch the film. All right. what's the next question? Also I if
2: I could add the kind the animal that wraps another animal is a snake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so think about that. There you go. Wow.
1: Oh my God, I love that. That's like that's like a joke you would get in your Christmas cracker. <laughs> 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 okay. So we talked about this before but I'll ask again just in case anybody has anything else to say about it. But why does horror and Christmas go together so well?
3: Didn't, you stole my I question mean, earlier? Yeah, George George basically laid that all out. Yeah, horror. but it's like
4: it's, it's I think it's about vulnerability I and mean, really kind of opening yourself up and just going going for the ride. I think that's, you know, you just Christmas movies suck sometimes and you just go for it, you know same with horror films
3: right and (laughs) then you've got this this question of uh or this aspect of expectation right like in a horror film people have what they might consider just to be a reasonable expectation of being able to walk down a hallway without someone popping out from around a corner with an axe um and on Christmas you have an expectation of everything being wonderful and great and then all of that gets ripped out from underneath you when the guy with the axe shows up
1: I think yeah. that that's the you thing. Know? So I think I think maybe the difference is it's not so much why they're similar, it's why they fit together. You know, because actually there's a lot of horror Christmas films. Like yeah. there's Black What Black you know, Christmas Deadly Night, Silent Night Deadly, Silent Night, Night, Deadly, Night, Deadly Night Parts Black 1 through Christmas. 5.
3: What is that?
4: Parts 1 through 5 Silent Night Deadly Night um. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, um, just that idea of something that's supposed to be so pure and innocent and wonderful, and then things that are dark and disgusting and horrifying, right? Cr- well, Christmas well, Carol is the moment
1: a- that right. happens in this film that I Chicken think encapsulates it: is Phoebe Kate's monologue about her father's death. Uh
2: huh. <laughs> that is the most terrifying thing in the in oh. the movie.
3: And it's honestly, the- oh god, it's such a, it's such a great monologue, and. As she's going through it and she's like, so I lit the fireplace and it's all, all the pieces are are linking up in my brain and I can smell it before she says, and that's when I saw And that's when I noticed the smell. And I was like, oh God, I can smell it. I can smell it. And then all I could think was like her and her mom have been living for days with their dad's rotting corpse in the fucking chimney. This is the darkest shit ever. This is so fucked up and I love it i love
1: it, I love it. <laughs> but maybe that's the thing like maybe you have like the reason it fits is because when you have the extreme of christmas that is like joy and goodwill towards men and hope like all if that trips up at all it becomes devastating like i mean they even have a right. conversation like um uh uh billy and god i'm gonna just call her phoebe kate's because I forgot her name in this, her name's Kate, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, sure. point being, they have a conversation about like the high rate of suicides, like- Oh yeah, of, yeah, she, yeah,
3: yeah. She like, shows up with the truth bombs because he's, Billy Billy is a problematic character, not problematic, obnoxious character for me because he's just such a fucking simpleton. And um, when he's like, why do you hate Christmas? everybody's happy on Christmas. I just like almost every line that he says made me want to throw my shoe at the television. He's such a dingus. I think, I think my first note on him is, (laughs) is is Billy completely stupid? Mm -hmm. Is he completely stupid? And also why is his best friend like seven years younger than him? You know, there's some, there's some, Billy is a problem for a lot of (laughs) like when, when the, the, the new, when he gets gizmo wet, First of all, and he's just like, oh, it's just this, this happened. He's like, you're a fucking moron. And then he gives them the chicken and discovers the wires on the clock has been has have been chewed through. and he looks over and he's like, what's going on here? Like <laughs>
0: the
3: fuck you, you have you have like five feral aliens in your bedroom. <laughs> what do you fucking think is going on here, dude? Come on, I just can't. He's so stupid. it hurts. His Early. character hurts me. Early
4: on, Judge Reinhold calls him a putz. Mm -hmm. And and I wrote, question, is Billy a putz? Answer, yes. Yes, Yes. he is a putz.
3: Complete and utter putz. Complete and utter putz. And I just, I can't. Every single thing. Every single thing he does and says. And I feel like he is the perfect product of an animal (laughs) who would wrap another animal And someone who could be so complacent to live a life where every task that they have to complete takes 18 times the amount of time it should take because they are so willing to indulge their spouse's egg-cracking machine and disgusting mud-making coffee maker and every single... This woman is a saint. This woman is a saint until she turns into Sigourney Weaver. Uh Like, she's just, like, that, like, this is how you make someone who's just, like, I go along with everything and could intentionally pour water on an animal that clearly hated it and caused it tremendous pain. Fuck Billy. All right,
1: so that leads (laughs) leads to the next question. Why does Mama have to go to the neighbors, like, to, you know, relax? Why is she taken out of the equation when she is a killer? Mm -hmm. Like, she is... Like Sarah Connor ready to beat down gremlins but she's like shuffled off to the neighbors for Hmm. her nerves. Why does this happen?
2: It's it's like in The Hobbit when Gandalf has to go on a little adventure because otherwise he's too powerful uh, and (laughs) they can get the hobbits through too. It's like there's no challenge at that point. So it's the same thing here. It would be so easy to defeat the gremlins if she didn't get shuffled off and distracted and go to the neighbors, like, then it would be like the movie's over. She just takes over and just kills them all. I mean, that is a take to take them. That's a direction to take the movie in. Um, Seriously. But, but yeah, that's why you have to remove her from the action.
3: I somehow, because I had not seen it in so long, forgot, completely forgot that Bigot dumps, goes in the pool Mm -hmm. and that 8 million more gremlins are immediately created because when clearly the realization on mom's face, like, this is not a drill. This is everything I've been fucking preparing for, like (laughs) washes over her and she's got two fucking knives going upstairs to fuck shit up. Like I counted, I was like, she killed one, two, three, four. This movie's, what's happening? There's still like an hour to go, (laughs) what's going on? Like, just let her loose. She'll fucking kill everything. But also, too, she might be extra strong because here comes my food thing in a movie. That chicken was fucking raw. That chicken that he pulls out of the fridge to feed the goddamn Mogwais is the most undercooked shit I've ever seen. No doubt as a fault of one of his, like, dad's chicken cooking machines. But maybe this is where she gets her superhuman strength and resolve Mm -hmm. from. Is from a steady diet of raw chicken.
2: Hmm. That's what the rock eats. Right. Makes sense.
3: I read that. Yeah, you know, that's it's amazing. the only thing he eats. It's the only that's
2: thing he right. eats. It's raw chicken. Yeah. And uh, once a year, he'll he'll take a bite of a cookie.
0: Mm.
3: And and she's and she's so steely about it, too, because her son has already come downstairs and shown her that they have entered. What is it? The the pupil, the pupa pupae stage? This they uh I don't think they get it right in the movie. Like they say it wrong six times. I think they say all
2: those things you just said. So
3: pupa pupae stage. They're like these disgusting, slimy, glowing, smoking masses in her son's room. And she's making gingerbread, man. Like it's any other day ending in Y. (laughs) She's just baking away.
2: Oh, he's a teen boy. Of course, there's going (laughs) to be a sticky mess around the room. Oh,
3: Lord Jesus.
2: Sorry.
1: Can we talk Cut about the
3: gingerbread men though? Because <laughs> definitely staying in, bold.
1: they look insane. Like they do not look Christmasy at all. She's like, she doesn't even have any decorative like things to put them on. She's just right from the bottle. They got yellow hair. Yeah, like, they are some ugly ass gingerbread men.
4: Just like gingerbread businessmen. <laughs>
1: But well, what's crazy is when like the gremlin starts eating it, it just adds to the overall ick factor of this movie. You know, like, mm-hmm. because if the ginger men were, were perfect, then it wouldn't be as gross, but they're just like these horrifying looking gingerbread men. And then they're being eaten and, and just like the goo and the, and it's awesome. Like, it, it's like, I love gory, bubbly things. And this movie's ick factor, like <laughs> that, I did not remember. And I took mountains of joy and like, like um, the scariest part like that I liked was the pool actually. Just like with the green and the smoke, like there was something brilliant about that. But also, when Spike dies, yo. Yeah. Spike Stripe,
3: different series. I'll suck it. All right. <laughs> All right. um yeah
1: that's like some fright night level shit
3: it was all of yeah. that was fright night level all of it was fright night level from the from the moment they crack out of their little disgusting spawn of predator shells everything goes imi- i mean i'm still i'm tripping on mom she stabbed that fucking thing five times it wasn't enough she came in five more times also- then she came out with a pam spray like she oh. like she practiced it
1: and when she puts them in the microwave, she doesn't like do it and like run away scared.
3: She no. doesn't. She, she watches. Uses. Yeah,
4: yeah. There's a, there's a there's there's a fan theory that she is a secret psychopath, and it's just like, oh, finally, I get to use my real skills. And uh, and so watching, it, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is this isn't this isn't just happening. This isn't just like mom instincts. No. I'm mean, part of it, but. Yeah. No,
3: there is a, there is some kind of parkour obstacle course in the basement of that house where mom has been bouncing off of walls with two knives to roll across her shoulder, pick up a can of Pam, spray some fucking spiders. She's she has been ready. She has been fucking ready for this. Did you watch this with subtitles? Anyone else?
4: No, I forgot no. to. No.
3: Oh man, because after after the gremlins, the million gremlins are spawned out of the pool and they come running up. You see them like coming over that little small hill. Stripe speaks to them in Gremlin and his his battle cry, I will use forever now, is yap ya- Custo Yap Yar! Custo Yap C-U-S-T-O Yap Yar! Custo Yap Yar! So that's, that's your gift. Merry Christmas. Custo Yap Yar! Oh. And go. I was really happy to have watched that with uh, with the subtitles yeah i was also happy to see a main black character even though he's a phenomenal idiot like the level of stupid of this man was so staggering to believe that he had any kind of job shaping young minds like what yeah. the fuck dude what the fuck you're torturing an animal fucking doing Ooh, all I the things been... turn the I lights been... on mr hansen there's a fucking alien creature on the loose in your goddamn room
1: I actually have a question about the science teacher, right? Because so he's a science teacher in a high school, right? Yeah. What kind of blood test is he taking? (laughs) (laughs) To (laughs) what end? Like, what was he testing for? Whether it was red? Like, like, what is he doing? Right.
3: Why? Why? When what school? What school (laughs) has the capabilities for that? Because that's some serious shit. You need real equipment to be doing. Yeah, and this is a small town high school. Phlebotomy. This isn't, this okay. Isn't a, <laughs> like...
2: a major high school, either. Like... Maybe it just was his hobby. Was to.
3: Hobby phlebotomy?
2: Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but still,
3: <laughs> what is
1: he testing? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. That's cool, but are you testing for, like.
2: Cholesterol or. Like. <laughs> <laughs> They've got. Oh, uh, it's the elevated elevated cholesterol levels. Uh, we to get them on Lipitor uh, immediately to ensure they live a long, healthy life. Oh.
1: Oh days. Okay, let's see. Um, what last question? All right, my my last question, sort of two to last questions, second to last questions. Fuck, English is my first language. All right, bitches and hoes. Okay. Um, How good is
3: the gremlin 1980s montage at the end? The very long scene of puppetry where it's just, it's just the gremlins running yes. a in the bar and sure doing it. Incredible.
2: Like, incredible,
3: fucking great. <laughs>
1: like, oh <my> <laughs> it, it's like every element of that, like here's my two favorite moments of it. One, I love the like guy at the bar smoking the cigarette you know listening to blues music and then a sock puppet comes up to him uh, I,
4: was, I was really watching that i was like what the fuck am i listening to that?
3: <laughs> that part especially just like what they were just riffing and they were like this was a weird part we'll keep this like did they write that they couldn't have written that you can't write that that's, kind of shit yeah that's an. and interrupt. then the sock puppet enters the frame <laughs> never certainly not Absolutely not. My my favorite, for some reason, is the uh, towards the end of that, when she's figured out how to, like, stun them with the Polaroid flash. And there's that one that somehow found a handgun and is in a balaclava. <laughs> and he's just like... <laughs>
0: that
3: guy, that's fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> just, sure. a, grem-
4: a gremlin with a gun is so great yeah <laughs> so so happy uh i i i first i thought the flasher but the guy with the gun it's like yeah the
3: gremlins with a gun that's really good yeah yeah and they, then when they, they're arm in arm and they're singing at the bar just it's so it's the it's great it is there's, solid there's the
1: flash dance flash dance oh, flash god
4: uh-huh. right that's like, i believe that's right after the the, the puppet sequence Jesus, this is a great. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, This is the best Christmas movie of all time.
1: Thank you. This is once you start talking about it, it starts eclipsing other ones, doesn't it? Once you like, once you like go in and be like, actually, do you remember, you know, the socks puppet part? You're like, wait, this might be as
3: good <laughs> right. as
1: Christmas vacation. Gremlins, like, Gremlins
3: might- is is like the fever dream that you would have if you drank bad eggnog, oh. you know, and like that's that's good. No. Yeah. Oh
1: my days. Okay. So um so let's talk about the the not so subtle um xenophobia of the oh. film
3: that's weaved throughout.
2: What, what do you mean?
3: <laughs> my God.
1: Yeah. And so so- So the question is, let's talk about it. And and does the last moment with the the old Mm -hmm. Chinese man, because he doesn't really have a name, old Chinese man, does his moment at the end where he says, your society does not, oh, I can't fucking do that. Oh no. (laughs) You're (laughs) Asian, you can do
3: it. It's okay. That is true.
1: We're not allowed to do it. We can't make fun of our own anymore, the world. (sighs) Um, But yeah, like, when he comes in at the end and says, does your, you know, your society doesn't, isn't ready for anything, and you don't know how to treat anything well, like, does that make up for the fact that throughout the film, it's just seeded in there, um, Fetterman's the worst, right? He's just like, fucking foreigners, like, I mean, I think he literally says that, right? About
3: everything, like, from Uh, his totally, yeah, to everything.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, you know, from I the mean, fact that the kid is basically short round. They just like imported him from Right. Indiana Jones. We're like, we need an Asian kid. Obviously, he's a little scamp and has baseball cap. How else could an Asian child be right. portrayed? Uh huh. Well, well Steven uh-huh. Spielberg actually is the producer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right.
1: Yep.
0: Yep. Right. He's like
2: This is what player. this is one thing I require. Yeah. If you're yeah. gonna produce this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He gotta have a short round character in there yeah. uh, in Chinatown.
3: Why why does the older Asian cause isn't this in big trouble in Little China as well? Why does it always have to have one milky eye? What's yeah. the milky eye thing about? Like why is that like a stamp of being a magical, mystical old Asian man?
4: I think with Egg Shen, he just naturally has one eye that's sort of hooded. Um, with this guy though, there is that one eye. I don't
3: know. But always one eye has to be fucked up, right? But I, And you know Egg Shen that, that they were like, that's what makes him he's perfect, <laughs> right. you know? And I feel like every other film I've ever seen where there's like a magical old Asian man, he's got one eye. One eye is messed yeah. up. And it's a thing. It's a fucking thing every, every single time. And although given how xenophobic our culture is today, <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
3: especially towards specifically... The unfortunate Chinese population being blamed for, you know, every fucking thing. That's what I kept, I actually kept waiting for it. I was like, at any moment, they're going to like call this like the fucking, the China, the China animal virus or some shit, right? Like, no, that never gets said. So because that never gets said, it didn't actually feel as xenophobic as it probably really is. Um, But yeah, between the two films that we're doing on this episode, I was like, oh shit. Look at this. Magical mm-hmm. Asians. Bing bang, both of them. What the fuck? <laughs> like why is this always a thing? Why do you have to say why big it... bang like that? Bang. <laughs> why do you have to say big bang.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very much a thing, especially in the 80s of the like magical visit to Chinatown and right. where you buy a plant that becomes a talking plant. Oh, hey, we about <laughs> where Exactly. You... Are you by a uh, uh, this mysterious creature that was just living in the basement? Like the only thing that that saves it for me here is that the dad is going there looking to sell his mm-hmm. product for sale at this store. Like that's the only, like he he's looking for a present, but he's also like trying to find distributors for his his item. And he's like, this could be a good place to sell this. this and is- so that's the that's the only thing that in any way. Um, uh, like saves the scene because otherwise it's just another, another example of we need something that seems mystical. I know, an old Asian man in Chinatown. That right. way we can they can sell this a mystical item to somebody. Right. And uh, which is you know it's like if if in China they made movies that had white people in them and every time you went down into a room and it was a leprechaun was there and that was like that was what you did was you were like this is. It's like, oh, wow, okay. That's, I mean, one movie, that's all right. But you've done it in, like, eight? <laughs> like, in the past yeah. two years? And it's the only movie that you have any white people in? That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's just a very, just such a very, like, bad trope.
3: Also, it's 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 curious. I'm just, does anyone have a theory? Here's my one question on Gremlins. Does anyone have a theory on what mr fuck what's their what's their last name again mr peltzer, peltzer. what did mr Pelter actually ever invent at any point in time that they even have a roof over their head because she stays at home and basically lives a life of frustration and futility and their son works as a, as a bank teller in is just a bank in a teeny mm-hmm. tiny town he's not like a he's not a day trader or anything what did mr peltzer at any point in time actually invent that they they have a home Uh, because no one's buying the bathroom buddy
4: they're probably living off of like one great design he had like he was like the edsel or something (laughs) right (laughs) yeah uh you know it's interesting this is chris columbus and then chris columbus also wrote goonies and data and data's dad both invent Things that don't really work well, and that was like a year or two after this. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. I was watching. this like, oh, this reminds me of Data, like the slick shoes and the, you know. Anyway.
1: Anyway, you know, to be fair though, just to, you know, send love out. As much as the holes you poke, are are there to be poked. Mm-hmm. Like, I want every one of those inventions. <laughs> in <your house>. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do. Just, too. I just want them, like. I definitely think that Gremlins has become a movie that I am nerded out on like, wow, this is so much better than it was when I was younger because it's been in the canon of my Christmas movies, but I kind of just put it on in the background. It wasn't one that I really invested in to be fair for the past, you know, 30 years, Um, that has changed. Now this film and like Pee Wee's Playhouse special they're happening every year which reminds me my assents to watch that because my kid loves it all right i've got one more question
4: um, i have one more thing about the inventions if someone sold those those would be the best white elephant gifts like and especially if they didn't work well if they like the i would would love that i would love just watching someone use the egg i the the scene watching the egg thing just was so exciting i laughed so hard um yeah so uh Malfunctional on purpose, um, yeah. So that's-, that's- so
3: funny, Be- because I make things, all of those inventions made me <laughs> in fucking sane. They ju- Especially the coffee maker. Because if there is one thing in every day that is absolutely sacred, <laughs> it is that first cup of coffee. And if I thought I had to battle a machine turning my very essential lifeblood into some mucky shit that i'd have to then clean up before i could ever get coffee into my person i i don't even know what kind of defcon level rage that that could inspire on me in me on a daily basis just
2: made me so insane that's why you got to make the the life choice to switch over to rockstar recovery energy drinks <laughs> instead of coffee <laughs>
3: Those maybe come. that's what fuels her maybe that's why wow. she's so strong maybe that's the secret invention maybe they had actually invented um, those beforehand that's how they have the house that's why they' are so and it bad was at just coffee Low to catch on yeah yeah maybe. Yeah. that's
2: um his, some of his inventions are very uh, a similar level of quality to Homer's inventions in The oh. Simpsons episode where Homer becomes obsessed with and not with Tesla but with um with but with, what's his name? The other, the, the big inventor. Edison? Edison. Edison. <laughs> he becomes obsessed with Thomas Edison and won't stop talking about him. And he makes like a hammer that that is probably like a callback to the Gremlins. Because they believe it works in much the same way. And he makes that shotgun that puts makeup on, oh, yeah. on for yeah. women. And then Marge is like... <sighs> i don't think women will like you pointing a shotgun at their face like that and then he's like women will like what i tell them to like and that's his uh (laughs)
0: love
2: it (laughs) one of homer's great lines but anyway very similar invention level to the levels we see here from this apparently fairly successful family
1: i just do love how the bathroom buddy when he does an improvement it literally is like a big razor uh-huh. just uh-huh. attaches with a spring to it, and just you know, just to shout out to the actor, you, you said his name already, Hoyt. Hoyt, what uh, a great name! Yeah, Is that his name, Hoyt yes, something.
0: Hoyt, um, Hoyt Axton. Yes. Um,
1: like I love how he has to like explain a scenario in which you need <laughs> this thing, and it's always like, hey, you're you're going to a meeting. And you just remembered you forgot to shave. Like it's just like, what? Brother, this is hilarious. I loved I loved all of his inventions, I have to say, it added to the film.
3: Um, the, the, the last thing I want to say is where I felt a lot of the the writing, especially for Billy, was absolutely terrible. Everything <laughs> written for the gremlins was absolutely great. Uh-huh. I could not get enough of hearing caca. Uh-huh. caca just like in the background, like why is this we just gonna say caca we're just gonna say caca randomly i love it i love them i also that just
2: love it love hear a lot of yum yum
3: uh-huh. yum, yum yum all yum. of that was really great and uh yeah just like and like just stripes absolute disdain for gizmo and i, I have to assume that's only because gizmo is good and he is evil inherently and and uh, because otherwise it's like you hate your mom stripe like that just takes you to an extra level of shittiness but yeah when he sees gizmo and he shows up in the car he's like ah gizmo caca i just i just fell apart (laughs) so it was so fucking funny oh
1: my days all right my, my last question was about the end where um okay so gizmo is being taken away by the chinese man who has no name And
3: he- No, isn't it Mr. Shen or Mr. Shin? Doesn't he have a name? Maybe. Or am I just calling him Shen because of Egg Shen and Big Trouble because they are all just one character at this point, right? Just the mystical Asian man. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think I am, fuck. In the credits
1: on the IMDB, um, he's referred to as grandfather.
0: Oh, grandfather. We'll give him that,
1: grandfather. Um, So when grandfather comes, and and at the end and and takes gizmo away and gives his speech about how fucking white people suck he he says oh gizmo wants to say something and then billy says you can understand what he says and my question is like gizmo's like been talking this whole time like he speaks english right like he says bright light like he says. Through the whole he thing. plays
3: the fucking piano Like that's when why like, He grabs the fucking frayed wires What's going on here like You have a ridiculously intelligent creature In your room And you can't possibly connect the dots That those things hustled you bro Come on
2: hey, You can play the piano but figure out how a clock works Absolutely not
3: Oh god <laughs> Insane
2: I'd like to see Beethoven build a clock mm. <laughs> Couldn't do it Play the piano that's,
4: all day long, kid. That's 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 why Beethoven is you know not taught in schools anymore. <laughs>
3: that's yeah, right. That was a, yeah. That was another moment where I was like, oh my god, the like Billy, you're a fucking goon. Like he's <laughs> sitting there trying to like, right. He's trying to like do the song on the piano, and he hits a bum note, and Gizmo corrects his bum note, and he's like. Oh. And grabs a santa hat and is like you little genius let me dress you up like the idiot creature you are it's just like fuck man it's a fucking genius alien critter i mean in your room. the room maybe the billy freak
2: i mean it's a santa hat maybe billy sees santa as the the like very <laughs> pinnacle of humanity and so he's <laughs> he's declaring gizmo a genius though based on his other actions that's probably not correct so I'm just because I consider Santa the pinnacle of humanity. I, <laughs> yeah, I want to read uh, it that way. Santa is the
4: anti-Beethoven. That's
2: right. Now,
3: other Santa than, could build a
4: clock. No problem, he builds everything and he then builds, brings it around. Like, like, How many kids ask for a clock every year
2: for Christmas? Like a million. <laughs> most, at least kids, a million. most kids want a clock at least at some point in their life.
3: Uh, <laughs> I mean, other than like the, the, the lightly grilled xenophobia, right, and the mystical mm-hmm. Asians, there was no like F-bombs, there were no R-bombs. There was nothing super, super crazy offensive in this as an eighties film, which is which no. was refreshing, right? Yeah, yeah, it is refreshing.
1: And and to be fair, I like it is what it is, but even the xenophobia in it, like there is something about this film that it knew it was doing it. Like there is that kind of um yeah. self awareness in it. I mean it, it's the same thing. They knew that they were making fun of a Christmas movie, but Spinning it to be a horror film, and they used Christmas tropes to create horror. Um, and and you know, even with the whole, you know, he's so blatant being like, oh, foreigners, and then and then even there's a part where Gizmo is in um the bumbling police officer's place and he's like playing with a flag and they go, look how patriotic he is. Like, so there's a level there where you're kind of like, there is a self awareness. That these people are xenophobic and, you know, and fucking stupid. and your whole town is going to burn because of it. You know? yeah. there is that sense of it. So, so you you kind of forgive it at the end. But yeah, fucking, I don't know what to say my last this movie is fantastic and there's a peter gabriel song playing yes right which i don't know if you guys know this but you know next to like my kid gizmo peter gabriel's basically
3: third i was very excited when i heard that i was like oh amy's so stoked right now
1: (laughs) Yeah, head popped off when that happened yeah yeah. I love me some
3: Peter Gabriel. Um, and that's interesting because Peter Gabriel is really super hyper selective about like where he lets his music be used. So it's interesting that he was like, oh yeah, Gremlins. That's chill. Sure. That's fine. Do it. Fuck you, Spotify. Well, I, but you know uh, Gremlins all
1: day. Or Christmas. Yes. That created Sledgehammer. The Sledgehammer video and oh, Big man. Time video is like yeah, a sock puppet. Like that comes from the same place.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. Sledgehammer, one of the greatest music videos of all time, forever and ever. Amen.
1: Sell it, George. Sell it. Um, any, other, any other final thoughts then, you guys? My questions are complete.
4: Uh, we've covered a lot of stuff. You know, I'll say that it's amazing how many iconic films Corey Feldman was in in the 1980s. You know, you forget that he's in Gremlins. Like, oh, yeah, good, right. And he's in, like, one of the best Friday the 13th movies. And it's just, like, all of these big deal movies that have lasted over the decades and decades. Um, so that's pretty incredible. Um, he just this shows is, the fuck up to yeah. work.
0: That's yep. what he does.
4: This is maybe
2: my least favorite of his performances of that era. But, um, you know. Yeah, he could have been. He could have been. His value above replacement child actor wasn't that high.
4: Although, in in this
2: movie, when he gets bit and then goes off to go
4: read the comics, like like I'm not, I'm not interested. That was really good. I thought that was really kind of realistic kid trying to save his pride acting, but not Mm -hmm. really understanding what that means. Um, Maybe I'm. Oh,
3: you're right. Actually, that whole when he first meets Gizmo, and he's just and he's doing the thing where he's like, blink your eyes right blink your eyes like this like that felt actually so genuine it actually almost felt like they caught him fucking with the puppet like just hanging out with the puppeteer like playing around and like truly engaged and and really like um entertained and enthralled by this puppetry and how cool it was like it it just felt it really did feel so genuine and childlike and and wonderful i loved that part yeah
1: just left him dressed as the tree
3: yeah (laughs) that's great awesome which is also that
4: happens in Steven Spielberg's 1941, also a Christmas movie. Uh, there's a bunch of invading Japanese soldiers wearing Christmas tree costumes. What? Uh, yeah, it's it's. I can't recommend the movie, but I own it. And... Starting to wonder
3: if Steven Spielberg doesn't just have a wall of Post-it notes that he moves around. Uh-huh. You know, like get that Christmas tree one. Put that one over here. That's it. One-eyed Asian guy. That guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe he just doesn't, you know, I don't remember a thing I've ever said in any of our podcasts. So maybe <laughs> he doesn't remember what he put in his movies. So he doesn't watch them again. He's like, Did I use, he has his post it notes. Like, did I use the right. Christmas tree thing? I don't know. I don't think so. Other than this one.
4: That's his, one of his least seen films. So no one else could have advised him. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah.
2: Right. You, Whatever
4: you say, you Steve. That? Yep. Uh, actually, the more we've talked about this movie, the more it has like grown in my, um, in my, heart I, I really, I think I love Gremlins. I will say that I, I like Gremlins 2 better because it kind of doesn't dick around. It's like, let's just get crazy and just keep it crazy. <laughs> and let's just keep going. And you'll understand that this is satire. This is a parody of the things that we love. And um, it's fantastic. You know, it's
1: been such a long time since I've seen a new batch. But really, I don't like it already if it's not just the mom coming to just oh
4: like, right yeah like, if I she think,
1: yeah. doesn't get her own film like i think it's time you know if you guys want to be the filmmakers that bring that to life i mean sasha that's... always do this we give gifts
4: yeah i could see like a t2 kind of thing where she's there are like some gremlins that got away and she's just this is her alone in a jeep and yeah. a bunch of butcher knives
3: like a, a bandolero of Pam yeah. spray cans yeah. across her chest. And yeah. is that what it's called? A bandolero yeah. or bandolier, bandolier bandolier. bandolier, bandolier. Oh, sorry. Oh my
1: days. Oh. Okay, so I am gonna end this and we're gonna end it differently, Sasha. We've just been talking about Gremlins 1984 directed by John Dante because we didn't do any of this in the beginning. Christopher Columbus wrote it, stars Phoebe Cates, Zach Galligan, Coit Axton and a bunch of other people cameos by Corey Feldman and judge Reinhold. And um, yeah, thanks guys. We're going to move on to the next one now, but we're going to take a five minute break so I can check if my kid's breathing. Yes, cool.
2: please.
0: Perfect,
1: perfect.
0: Coffee. Ooh. Coffee. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> A cold, be. And, then, and, and, and the good for you. and It's a good time taste. doesn't mean a lot to Come with me to a place. You'll be glad that you yeah, did. Yeah, great. Tell I want to serve the Cabbage Patch Kids. That's what we want, something. You want Cabbage Patch Kids and everything Cabbage Patches and toys to oh, us. Lot. We've got the most Cabbage Patch Kids. Cabbage Patch Kids, world travelers. Collect them all. Wow. The show for and kids. The whole world of Coleco's Cabbage Patch Kids and out of this world crisis. Make a world, Little urchins, kisses have big, big chocolate. Little urchins, kisses have big, big chocolate. Little kisses have big chocolate. You're gonna love. Kisses come and tell the earth is the that I'll be on the next for the holiday scene. Little kisses have big chocolate. You're gonna love. I feel like I will be.
3: After Midnight with our second part of our double header with George and Richard and we are now going to talk about one of my and probably almost everyone's favorite Christmas movies A Christmas Story. What year was this uh, put out Amy? I, I'm putting you on the spot because I didn't do my work so I'm just going to throw that at you. 1983. You Thank you dear. 1983. So 1983 A Christmas Story comes out. Most of us are five at this point? Five or six by the time? This? Four. Four? Okay. Uh,
2: four. That's Does anyone in this room
3: up. feel like they haven't seen this movie every year since it came out?
1: So, interestingly enough, I cannot remember the first time I saw this movie. Oh. But I don't remember seeing it super young. I feel like it did happen at like eight or nine years old. I did, don't remember it
2: I never saw that. this till I was in high school. Seriously? Oh, wow. I saw this in the theater. Wow.
1: Yeah, I, I I learned this that it was a huge film. Like it was, I mean, you know, because the research of reading the IMDb page revealed to me that like this movie did so well that um, they released it in something like um, you know October November. And they had thought it was played out by the time Christmas came, but then they demanded to put it back into the theaters because people were so into it. But yeah, I don't, I I just don't remember ever seeing it. And then I just remember it being like a sleeper hit that I started watching, you know, when I was a little bit older.
4: It's weird because when I saw it as a kid I thought this movie seems really shabby. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't look slick. It feels it feels like it's kind of a lower budget movie, and I think it, it was,
2: right? I mean, how so, much budget does it take to put like a kid in a sweater? Yeah. Right. Wearing yeah. a a bunny suit.
1: Right. So you know, I have to say, the sweaters are amazing. All these I kids. Mean, stylish those are very
2: mm-hmm. nice sweaters mm-hmm.
1: they all look really good The,
2: no, the this was the beatles get back of its time in terms of setting the <laughs> well, style it's, like,
3: it's 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 like one long live action norman rockwell painting isn't it right like they've just really gone there with the whole like idyllic christmas you know american look the whole thing with the what's the imdb on it let's go ahead and do the imdb before, oh, we, yeah, for this before one. we go any yeah. farther we didn't do it for gremlins so we should yeah yeah really fuck it
1: we're gonna do it for this one all right in the 1940s a young boy named ralphie attempts to convince his parents his teacher and santa that a red rider bb gun really is the perfect christmas gift
4: just gonna do the whole thing holding my Red rider. I'm going to hold my Red rider BB gun for the whole rest of this episode <laughs>
3: it's a real thing I hope everyone can hear the rattle of BBs thank you yeah, okay. I, I forgot so that it was loaded I
2: don't, loaded. don't sure like, like, I feel like it's illegal to have in San Francisco or something is <laughs> it illegal to have
0: them now?
1: Aaron had a Aaron being my older brother had a BB gun and uh he used to shoot like coke cans and things like that but then yeah inevitably he got pissed off at one of his friends and shot him in the butt mm, did wow. happen yeah
4: oh. absolutely i've only had this one for a few years <laughs> I'm, I'm a <laughs> middle
2: aged bb gun owner um, when, before <laughs> i saying, was Richard, yeah, be
0: careful around
2: I, I i mean before i was 10 i had 3 bb guns i had a 22 gauge rifle uh, <laughs> and I had a BB pistol, uh, as as well. I I was also a, a very calm, relaxed child, and
3: you're also I, from the South, though. So
2: I, I was from the South, so it was very that was just there I, when I was born. The hospital gave that to me, right? My Standard it was issue. It's like hey it's your baby and a BB so gun, welcome baby oh. gift. <laughs> <laughs> and I never shot anything. I've never shot anything in my life other than cans and bottles. Um, my, I had all these brothers that wanted to go hunting I couldn't imagine wanting to hunt one, why would I kill an animal it's just there we're not going to eat it and, and we don't need to eat it I got a fucking can of Shipboy RD over here and <laughs> the, and it's boring as shit <laughs> just, <laughs> like the can I can just start shooting at right now I put the can there, I walk over here boom, 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 can is gone another can, step back, shoot that yeah, like if you want to go hunting, you gotta sit there quietly with my uncle who I hate, <laughs> and, and wait for an animal to go by. Fuck no.
3: Minding its own <laughs> fucking business, and it's then just trying
2: to relax. And then my fucking uncle's there, already annoying me, and now he's gonna kill this animal. Certainly annoying it. Um, <clears> this so I don't. Yeah, never, never shot anything but, but, uh, but bottles. I think once I pointed the BB gun at a bird. Mm -hmm. And then I felt bad. So that was my, that's the extent of my hunting experience. Like, I hope I didn't scar it uh, by (laughs) pointing this gun at it.
0: Uh, Yeah.
3: So I don't, I don't know how well it would go over in today's America, a Christmas movie about a little boy who wants nothing more than a gun. Um, but for when it was released, this is definitely one of my favorite Christmas movies that I've ever seen, will always be one of my favorite Christmas movies. I have my questions about this movie for everybody, but I will say the one thing that I rem- that I noticed about this film that I don't think I ever really quite clocked before is that um, Ralphie is a real shitty friend. Like a oh, really, really yeah. shitty oh, yeah. friend. Like in on the list of ride or die homies, Ralphie is never going to show up. Like mm-hmm. he, at every opportunity that he has to ditch a friend and have them be stuck in shit, getting yep. beaten up by a bully or fused to a fucking pole, he's gone. He is gone. Yeah. He's such a dingus for In, that like if he this just... was like a,
4: if this was a war movie he'd be like the coward who you know survives you know when the whole yeah. rest of the squad gets mowed down
3: so exactly okay. exactly and like the only really redeemable moment for him is when he does finally turn around to go and pick up his brother who has tumbled over into the snow and is so perfectly described as looking so he's so bundled he looks like a tick that's about to pop like i can't pull my arms down like that 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 is like great you know but that's the only moment where it's like okay ralphie like you're a decent you're a decent kid for that but every time he leaves flick to get beat the fuck up or stuck to a pole or sells him down the river by saying that it was him who gave him the magical f word like ralphie Mm -hmm. you're not you're not, you're you're a bitch ass punk, Ralphie. You're a bitch ass punk. And um you're gonna get yours one day. Which was but the original so,
4: title of this movie. But.
3: Yeah. The other, the other thing that I really noticed about this movie this time around, because I'm older and so I'm gonna notice these things, and because now Amy, my 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 best friend and favorite human is now a mom. The mom in this is so great. She is oh, yeah. just so giving, one hundred percent good mom, throughout this entire thing that I just like. I can't, I can't even take it. What is the What is the actress's name? Because again, I'm completely underprepared for this episode, and I don't ever do actors. They're they're just Mel- desserts ever. Uh,
4: Melinda Dillon.
3: She is amazing. All all of her tiny little, the, just all the little things. At some point, she just slumps into like the doorframe to like to talk to them. And just the way she does it is it's so mom, nothing. It's just it's so mom when she takes the bar of soap and puts it in her own mouth to see how it tastes, because no mom lets her kid go through something that she won't go through. I just couldn't get enough of her. I could not get enough of her her performance. I thought she was just amazing.
1: And I just say she's definitely mom goals. And this movie is an amazing Christmas movie. And what's so funny, it's just so funny. Um, I think what, where this movie eclipses and becomes like such an iconic Christmas movie is there are a few moments of sentimentality like here and there that are really beautiful. And one is with the mom and it's when Ralphie beats up... um, um, what is it, Fucus? Farkas. Scott Farkas, yeah. Scott Farkas. And he's crying and his mom just takes him and, you know, brings him home. And Mm -hmm. it's just like, it's a moment in this whole thing that my heart just was like, (laughs) like that Christmas cry that you have of like, oh, it's just so much love. And then of course she doesn't tell his father. And that was, of course, a big thing in my family. You know, it's like if us kids did something wrong and my mom didn't tell my dad, the police officer, so we got away with it, sort of, and my our mother's protection of us from that, like, that was a big thing. So maybe that's why it was like, yeah, mom. So yeah, definite mom goals. And I love yeah. that. Moment. Yeah. But if we were, if we we're playing the worst scene, best scene. Game, that would have been the moment in this movie for me. And that's crazy because there are so many other moments that are so iconic and
3: so hilarious. Like, I, I know watching that as a kid, I thought it was funny because she put a bar of soap in her mouth and it was, and she goes, ew, and it's gross. But now it's just so touching and perfect because I watch you every time we're on a Zoom call, taste the spaghetti before you'll let Bladen have it. There's, there's nothing that ever goes in your child's mouth that hasn't gone in your mouth first ever once on any call that we're ever on. And I love it because it's like, and there's my best friend is a mom now. That's it, you know? So that was just, I don't know, that just like really got me right in the fucking feels, right in <laughs> the fucking feels, man. So this this movie is so, so iconic and I don't doubt that every single one of us has seen this probably more times than you could probably count on one, if not both of your hands. What is because there are just so so many, I like lines that will stick in your brain forever. What is the line from this movie? What is the one that like, it just is in there for all time, forevermore?
4: What do you like? What do you mean? So like
3: you know like one of the most like the most obvious one would be
4: you'll shoot 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 your eye
3: out right. Mm -hmm. Is there another one, not as obvious as you sh- you'll you shoot your eye out, that's I mean, just like in, in there? It's just deep in your limbic brain for all time now.
2: For me, and I think it even influenced the way that I talk to people, is it's a major award. that's really good. That's just that, that definitely um, influenced my life, I guess. So that, that sticks with me. Awesome. Yeah, I,
4: I, I, think those are really, God, I don't know. I think I well, oh, oh no, wait, now I remember when I was a kid. I love it. It, it was soap poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I love that. Like, like the, the yes. Kids, like who hasn't laid a guilt trip on their parents? And um, that's like the ultimate. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Awesome,
3: awesome.
1: I would say um, fragile. Fragile.
0: <laughs> I think,
1: like shit, like that. Just like again, maybe that was one of the cornerstones of like what developed my funny bone, because that that's like right there. That's exactly the shit that makes me laugh. Like encapsulates the whole thing. But to be fair, there are so many good lines in this movie. And because um, Richard and George, you you know this, me and Sasha watch it on with subtitles. I watch it on subtitles because I'm not old as fuck. I'm the same age as you guys. But I feel very old, mm. you know, and, and I and I cannot hear it. I cannot understand it. So I just, and especially like I watch a lot of British TV, not because I'm cool, but because oh. I live in the UK. like i can't understand
3: what they're saying so it's already on the subtitles are already on do they do do they do the subtitles in dialect in the uk i watched coronation street which is the longest running uh uk uh um soap opera right so like season 70 some shit or i'm like season 65 or something right now and it runs, I think, 365 days a year. And I watch it with subtitles. And the thing that I love the most is that when they say something like cold outside in it, it's apostrophe I-N-N-I-T. Oh, like it's a All of it. River. All of it. Everything is in <laughs> dialect and it's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, my, my favorite line, aside from fragile, is, and it's a really, really weird one. And I don't know why it lives deep in my brain. Meat, loaf, sweet loaf I double beat a loaf I hate meatloaf that <laughs> forever that is forever in my brain if I don't like something if I don't like food that is the first thing that comes to my brain is is Randy's Randy's rant <laughs> about meatloaf and Randy is probably one of the weirder characters to me oh yeah in this film why he's like he's at least seven years old wearing a bib at dinner I'm not sure what's going on with Randy. He's a real traveler. I mean, I is love... there
2: are there any normal Randys? <laughs> mm.
3: <laughs> Randy Quaid kinda of fucked that up for everyone See, that's right. it. it's done. Yeah, I mean like...
2: maybe he didn't fuck it up, maybe that's just a that's Randy it. for you. User... That's a Randy.
3: Branded a Randy. Uh, I would say done. outside of
4: Macho Man Randy Savage is the only oh, normal shit. Randy. Yeah. Yep. So other than him, then no. But the scene where Randy is underneath the kitchen sink crying. Oh. I I, I just rewatched it this morning, and I love that moment. I love how weird Randy is, um, and that's also like another Melinda Dillon MVP mom moment. Yes, um, she's so great. She gets him milk. She's making sure that he's still, you know, getting nourishment, even though he's living under the sink now. Um,
1: well, I love that she leaves him there. Yeah, like
4: okay, see you later, and then she closes the door. Yes, <laughs> that's now. Might be my new favorite moment in the whole movie.
1: Mom Goals. Um, She's great. Dude, Randy is amazing. And again, actually, I think Randy is my kind of favorite character in the whole thing. Like, anytime Randy is on the screen, in my opinion, he steals the moment. A, he's cute. He's so cute. Like, he's just <laughs> like, Blethen Gizmo, Peter Gabriel, Randy—like he's so cute. And um, the one of the you know iconic scenes, of course, is when. And and it's, this actually happened to me this morning because it's very cold here in Wales, and um, I had to dress up my kid. So I had to put like leg things on him, and his jeans, and four shirts, and a jacket, and um, a vest, a hat. It, it just—I'm—I'm I'm doing this for the point like and it was exactly that scene and it was me picking him up up, (laughs) going everywhere so it's such a great part and um just one more line that's fantastic that I never knew but now I know because of subtitles it's when Farkas comes and attacks them and Randy has fallen down again and the line is Randy lay there like a slug. It was his only defense. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
4: yeah. So I used to know. I used to know Randy. Um, he was living in San Francisco. I was working in an art store, and I was working with his girlfriend at the time. And he was a puppeteer. He like grew up to become a puppeteer. So it's like sort of a weird double feature where we've just watched a movie with a lot of puppeteering, and then now uh, this one. So. It's a classic
2: George Humblebrag. There it is, right there. <laughs> used to Amazing. know, Randy. I worked with his girlfriend. Yeah, that's right. I assume this is at Flax. This is it was Flax, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah.
3: I have a, one more super favorite. Not one more, but another super favorite line that has stayed with me and that I have used often in moments of awkwardness when I don't know what else to say is... I like Santa. That That fucking kid is gold.
4: (laughs) I'm so glad you brought that up.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That fucking character is so amazing. The awkwardness, the delicious, delicious awkwardness and the uncomfortability of Ralphie just trying to, don't talk to me, trying to get to Santa. just trying to so stuffy Mm -hmm. and so ready for that. And that kid is so fucking weird and so great. And I love him. He is my awkward spirit animal. I like Santa.
4: Also another, Wizard of Oz, it's also another Wizard of Oz Christmas movie. Because there's also like the Wicked yes. Witch in this. Who, yes. Right after that bugs Ralphie. What does he say? Like, uh, leave me alone, I'm thinking. Yeah. Straightens his yeah. blazer.
3: Very, very professional. Very, very professional. All right. So with that, of all the characters in A Christmas Story, who do you most identify with? What is who is the one where you're like, yeah, this is me in the Christmas story?
2: You want to go, Richard? Sure, the dad. He's confidently stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my days!
4: Good. Good answer.
1: And stop.
0: Hmm.
4: Um, yeah, I well, I would say the dad because is he's just grumpy all the time and i have a feeling that every time he, he's not around the kids he's drinking um like when they, they leave the kids to go see santa and they go to shop but i used to that's that's higby's there that used to be Higbee's. it's in cleveland and there's there was a beautiful restaurant upstairs called the silver grill and uh also has a full bar it was as a kid it was like this fine dining like white tablecloths and like a maitre d it was so cool very i mean like it was one of those places that hadn't changed since like 1930 so i'm sure like maybe mom was doing a little bit of shopping but then they were going up cuz watching them open presents they're 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 chugging wine while the kids are unwrapping gifts so i would pick the dad but also because i love wearing cardigans and the dad wears a bevy of cardigans <laughs> in the film i think at one point he changes out of his bathrobe into a cardigan like uh, on christmas morning so He's still wearing pajamas, but that's now so he's wearing funny. a comforter. So
3: that's so funny. So you, do you do you think that maybe he's not actually battling the furnace? That he's just down there fucking tying one on and occasionally banging on the furnace yeah, just so people yeah, think that's yeah. what he's doing.
4: Yeah, he's got a still down there. He's right. making his own hooch to save some money because you know, he's a penny pincher, and so he's like right. banging on the banging on the grates, glug glug glug, and uh, yeah, as as one does uh, every day. That's all. What about you? What about the the both of you? Who are your
3: well, I mean, I'll I'll go. I'll go, sure. I definitely, except for the fact that he's a punk ass bitch, mm-hmm. relate to Ralphie the most. <laughs> this is gonna lead into my next question. Um because of like his burning desire for a one specific Christmas gift, and also because I also harbored very serious delusions that teachers would respond to my homework in the exact same way. (laughs) Every time I wrote a short story or anything, I was certain that at seven, I had composed the next great American novel and that the next time I walked into class, there would be rose petals, there would be fireworks, there would be an orchestra, a parade to recognize my brilliance. Every time I would have the exact same kind of delusional fantasies that he had. And then they would be met by the same kind of delusional, uh, you know, disappointments, disappointment fantasies as he had as a teacher turning into a witch and all of that going on. Very much the exact same vibe for me. Amy. Amy. Oh
1: my, So mine's so obvious before, you know, September 2019. It would have been Randy because I was just a weird kid. <laughs> you know, I was just the same. I was weird and I cried a lot and all that stuff. And then, of course, after after that date, I've now shifted into the mom position. And and I just, like, again, super moments with her. Just the way she, like, looks at them when they're opening their presents. Like, that's all I want to do for Christmas. Like, i done all this shit. In my house, if you guys see what this looks like right now, I will send you pictures. My house has gone overload, and it's just so I can like create a sense of wonder for him.
3: It is true. Yeah. I on a on a Zoom call or a, on a message or call with Amy, a video chat. I, I did think that I was going to maybe be triggered into some kind of <laughs> epileptic seizure from the flashing lights off on the side. Like, the fuck, is going on? My brain can't take it. Yeah.
1: Let me put it this way, people. I even have a Christmas-themed shower curtain. Yes, uh, I saw that the other day. She nice. does. It's true. <laughs> nice. That's. But I went cool. for it, and it's just so you know he can have an idyllic moment, and and she's just so awesome. We've we've spoken at length, so yeah. But I was a really weird kid, um, and I. I definitely would cry when my brother, in fear that my brothers were going to get in trouble. Like, very much, very much a a Randy weirdo. And what was wrong with me? I don't know. Just being the youngest,
3: maybe. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: You know, maybe that's his issue. Um, So, my next question, dovetailing off of that one, is Is there a Christmas present? A Christmas thing, an, a a thing you wanted that drove you to the same degree of madness that the Red Rider rifle drove Ralphie. And did you get it? And if you didn't, what was it, or is it, for that matter?
4: Gee, I think it's my turn to go first, right, Richard? Right, George. Uh, I I'm sure there were some thing. There was okay. There was one year my mom got us this this big place i can't even remember what it was like com- some kind of big action figure place it was like 1985-86 and it was this epic thing and i am not someone who likes to snoop i like to wait until christmas to open a present i don't care you know i i i enjoy surprises um but for some reason we went snooping and we found this thing and my mom Found out that we found it and took it back. Whoa! She took it back. She took it back everyone to the store. Everyone
3: out there in podcast land, if you could have seen the look of, I spit water. <laughs> if everyone could have seen the look on our faces right there.
4: <gasps> yeah, yeah, and and I know that I'm sure she felt bad about it. Um, but we were both we felt horrible, and we you know, we cried and all that, and. Um, it was, a, it was, I, I think I've, I've never been curious about anything again in my life since then. Um. <laughs> That's true. You don't watch movie trailers. Don't watch. <laughs> nope, don't watch uh, no. Um, but, but I think it was kind of an important lesson in a way. I don't know. Um, so yeah, I don't, and I, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it was uh, again. If I call my brother, he would know, but I think there was a thing that I did want and it was the, um, I don't even remember what it's called. It's called the SS, the USS flag. It was this six foot long, literally six foot long battle cruiser for GI Joes that had actual levels that you could, and boats and things were attached to it. You know, it was the biggest action toy set ever. And it just looked so cool. I mean, it was a whole fucking ship. It was like, you know, six feet is huge. You know but that would it, so, uh, but I, we I didn't even know anyone who had that. It was just such a insanely um, big gift. Um, yeah, I'm I'm I know like as I'm saying this like oh yeah I kind of wanted that but I didn't really want it. There's other things, but yeah, I'll stick with that. The USS flag from GI Joe.
2: Um, Fantastic. Yeah. I can I can talk a lot about things I wanted but never got. Like the USS Flag, which is one of those things. I also wanted all these very uh, expensive Lego sets that we couldn't get, oh. and I always had the medieval Lego sets. I loved castles, and I had a couple of small ones. and I eventually made my own, like drew, used poster board and some like Quaker oatmeal containers to make towers, uh, and made my own little world with my two castles and made some mountains and stuff. That was that was really fun, but.
1: I like things... the coolest kid ever.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, absolutely. But the <laughs> uh, but um, the two things I that I that I wanted one. There was speaking of castles. When I was when probably when I was five or six, there was this castle I had seen at the toy store um, that my dad taught me out of getting uh, for Christmas because Castle Grayskull was on sale in the newspaper. And he sh- I remember him showing me the sale and being like, wouldn't you rather have this one than this other castle? And I think, and, and then I was like, okay. And I got Castle Grayskull and I think about that other castle all the time. It had, it looked like it had, I saw it on a TV commercial. It looked like it had like trap doors and it had like a room where you could crush you could crush people. or Castle Graysville just kind of opened up and it was yeah. the front of the castle. Um, but my dad plucked me into that, so I regret not getting... I legitimately regret that. But something that is... Uh, here's... I'll try to keep the story very short. I'm a little too young, which we all kind of are, for me to have ever gotten really any Star Wars toys when I was little. I didn't get into it till after... Like, I remember seeing Return of the Jedi, and that's the first one I remember seeing at the theater, and then the rest of my song on, on VHS. And I wanted Star Wars toys but by that point they didn't make any new ones anymore and they were all collectible and too expensive. My papa and I would go to the flea market every weekend and he would set up to sell stuff and then there was an indoor part of the flea market where all the like permanent stores were and there was like a comic book guy uh, who looked just like the Simpsons comic book guy who had all these collectible Star Wars stuff and it was so expensive. Um, And then one time my papa managed to get a hold of some Star Wars stuff that someone asked him to sell. It was the... There was an x-wing and a couple of figures there was a small a miniature millennium falcon and no one came and bought them at our little table until right at the very end that comic book guy came by and offered my grandpa ten dollars for them and i said please don't sell them i want them and my papa sold them anyway because he was selling them for somebody else and i cried in the car I could tell that it broke his heart that that happened, and he felt so bad. He's like, you can have any toys that you want that we didn't sell. I was like, I just really want Star Wars. So probably four years later, on my birthday, this isn't Christmas now, but we're still going to tell the story because it's the best like gift story I can tell. On my birthday, I, I'm, I'm probably 12 at this point, so I'm just about to be done with toys, but I walk in for my birthday to my to, into the living room at my Mama and papa's, and there are two boxes Full of star wars toys um there's a there's the ewok village there's an x-wing there's a millennium falcon there's an at-at there's a c-3po carrying case with fig- all of the figures are in there wow and he went to he went to somebody's yard sale and they were in the they were selling gi joe's and he had been asking forever and he asked do you have any star wars and this Woman said, My son has, he doesn't really want to sell them. And then he's like, Well, I'll buy them from you. And then she's like, How much? He's like, I'll give you $50. And then she made her son go get all of his Star Wars, and he was probably 15 or 16, and bring them down and sold them to my papa for $50. And I got those Star Wars toys. And it is probably the biggest surprise in terms of like a toy. Or something that I, just, I had wanted it forever. I had wanted all I had was an Obi-Wan Kenobi figure. <laughs> it was the only Star Wars figure I had. I had wanted Star Wars toys forever, and then there they it was this collection. It was a literal collection of Star Wars toys that suddenly I had, and it was one of the most like um, remarkable moments. And it also it was my papa saw me cry that I didn't get these Star Wars toys that the comic book guy bought. For nothing and probably sold for 10 times or 20 times as much and he remembered that and never and continually tried to find me star wars toys cheaply until he found them and bought them so anyway that that is my that is my story of the gift i wanted forever and finally got even though it was on my birthday and not on christmas
3: that is, you've told that story. I don't remember on which episode of We're Seen, Best Seen. And it was my, I loved that story so much. And I'm so glad that you told it on our show. <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> when well, I'm sorry to repeat
2: story. a story. No, it's so <laughs>
3: sweet. It's so sweet. All I have to say is
1: all the nerd boys who are fans of this podcast, aka my brother, I just can see him right now just with a couple tears in his eye. I missed <laughs> you over that story. Yeah, that's very, very
3: sweet. <laughs> well, there you go. Amy, what, what is, oh, what is the so gift?
1: Easy. Mine's so easy short. I, and short.
3: And it's gonna fucking date me. I just wanted the easy bake oven.
1: Never got that Oh Wait,
3: how do we have the same one? How do we, wait, how have we never had this conversation?
1: You know we have it. You and me, we have the same brain. Wow. Yeah. It happens all the time. So- no, this is
3: really fucking terrifying. Actually, how have we never had this conversation? This is this is one of like the deepest wounds that I carry as an adult woman. Yeah, I, I didn't get one either. I asked for this fucking thing every fucking year, every fucking year. I asked for nothing. Nothing other than the Easy Bake Oven. All I wanted was the little pink plastic box where you could cook a cake with a light bulb. And that's all I want was the tiny little boxes of mix. I thought it was so precious and so cute. And all I wanted to do was bake in my bedroom, which in retrospect is tremendously dangerous, but I wanted one so badly. And I think every single year, my mother's just dismissed it somehow as like a, a passing fancy when it had been brought up aside from a tattoo, every single year from the the age of five. I was like, all I want is a tattoo and an Easy Bake Oven. And I got neither every year and never got that oven. And I'm still fucking bitter about it. I have looked for them on eBay and considered getting one, but they're like mad expensive and you can't get the fucking mixes anymore even. And that translated to in the middle of the pandemic, not realizing that I had done this, I bought a countertop french door oster oven and proceeded to start baking some of the dankest sourdough bread in a countertop oven like well everyone is like because i didn't have a functioning working real oven in my kitchen i was like i'm going to get this miniature oven and i'm going to make flights of fancy in this thing and it's going to be amazing and then somewhere in the middle of the pandemic because all i was doing was hanging out in my house and occasionally having a, a therapy appointment i was like oh my god it's all come back on itself and i'm just like reliving my childhood wounds while i'm locked inside this fucking apartment for a year straight and that's that's it that's how have you and i never shared this before i don't understand I no idea.
1: that's a real trip because it's all i wanted i
3: wonder if it was just it was
1: either one or two things it was either too dangerous, because it really was like, Mm. you know, a light bulb that you (laughs) you could very easily stick your hand in and burn yourself on the light bulb. Burn the fucking house down. down. Yeah. You could have have necessarily burned down the house with a light bulb, but you could have definitely um, burned your hand. So I don't know if it was that. I highly doubt it was that because, you know, our 80s moms, or at least my 80s mom, wasn't super worried about
3: me hurting myself um well that's because you were the youngest of three i yeah. if, if i could have been encased in a bubble i would have been
1: oh no no my know. mom was like don't talk to me amy here play with these knives um
3: <laughs> <at> the
1: <end. laughs> or it must have been super expensive so i don't know what it was but yeah i really wanted it uh my my very good friend khadija who lived up the road from me interesting story she was jehovah's witness so she didn't have christmas but her father would just kind of buy her presents on like the 19th of december just because and um she had a a easy bake oven it was fucking disgusting like there's no reason (laughs) (laughs) i've wanted it because i remember we made one of the fucking cupcakes and it was gross and it was wrong and everything but I still really wanted it never got it so i'm not yeah. sure what what was the preventative like what prevented my parents from doing it
3: i remember at somewhere around the age of 12 or 13 going t- i was with my mom and one of my cousins and i was getting my hair did and it was right before christmas or my birthday probably christmas and my mom was like what do you want and i had like a mental breakdown in the hairdressing chair. I was like, why are you asking? What's the fucking point? It doesn't matter. I'll tell you for the 11th year straight that I want a fucking Easy Bake Oven. It's not going to happen. So why are you fucking asking? And apparently, like, somehow it finally registered with my mother. (laughs) This is, like, deeply fucked with me. And she and my cousin took off and tried to find one. But this was the first year that they had, like, discontinued this as a toy. And then she came back and told me that. And I was like, yeah, that adds up. Sounds Uh. (laughs) right.
2: Absolutely. Oh man,
3: all adds up. But I, I think it really was a question of a, of a you'll shoot your eye out. Sorry, my dog's making weird noise. It was a a you shoot, shoot, you'll shoot your eye out situation because though you, you, I think you think that like you could only burn your hand in an easy bake oven. In my adult researches of an easy bake oven. I could see how early 80s technology and cooking with a light bulb could go so south, so fast, melting lots of plastic and cardboard bits that could ignite and kill you in your bedroom just like i recently purchased a light bright because that's another obsessive toy thing that i have from childhood and i bought this thing and in the ad it looked like a light bright and what came to me was powered by leds and i was like well what the fuck? and exactly it was not like the the old school television sized box with a giant light bulb that turned up all these lights um and uh think that had a lot to do with it i think there was probably a lot of light bulb light bright and easy bake oven deaths that are just not uh. spoken of so i mean maybe we're only here today because we never got the easy bake lady mm-hmm. but i i think i think it's amazing that we've never had this conversation and a testament to the difference between being an only child and the youngest of three because you just fucking brush that shit off and never talked about it me therapy talked about it just last week all right still pissed gonna have kids people have more than one or get them like a lot of pets because it's not cool to be the only oh, one that's what is. happens that's what happens never forget <laughs> ever my mom's gonna listen to this episode probably and cry Why? What what is is I
0: think, no, don't take don't seriously. susie don't oh. cry
1: <laughs> like, oh you know what i i, uh, I also wanted a uh, cabbage patch for a long time and uh, my parents, my, my poor mother couldn't afford it. My, So they got me a preemie, which was like a smaller version of it. And- um, Was it really and called a the preemie? And they, were, so they were, it
3: was really so tasteless. Weird. They were so like, weird. Yes, they were. <laughs> yeah.
1: This this existed. Um, you know, I heard the 80s. And um, yeah, it was like half size. And then I like- I, I remember being really upset with my mom about that, about not getting, like, a real Cabbage Patch.
3: And then, you know, you find out those were, like, $60. That's so, put that in. Yeah. Yeah, in the, yeah in- that was, yeah, that was one of the toys from our childhood where, like, that, where parents were, like, beating each other up right. at, toy- at Toys huh. R Us and, like, doing all kinds of untoward behaviors to get their hands on a fucking Cabbage Patch doll. That's and... It. uh and I
1: sucked up to do to parents. Because, yeah, yeah,
3: like, yeah. That's a ridiculous amount of money for a fucking. Absolutely, absolutely. Plastic. That was really the beginning of the end. Um, I think in terms of yeah, like toy they, trends and dangerous shit, like where people were like, "My child's life will only have value if they have this fucking ugly fucking doll." Um, and um, I remember only I only had one because my mom had a friend who managed a Vons and for some reason, they had gotten a shipment of Cabbage Patch dolls and wow. under under the cloak of night, he like <laughs> snuck one out of the back of the store and I got it. And I also remember Cabbage Patch dolls being a way that I understood how the world was racist because it was a, there was a lot more value on getting the white dolls. Like no one wanted the black Cabbage Patch Everyone just wanted the little red-haired bitch.
1: Oh, just bouncing back to the movie, though. Yeah, um, there actually are <laughs> black people in those
3: movies. Yes, and I didn't.
1: Yeah, yes! yeah. Yes, I mean, they don't have any lines. All right, I'll give you that. But for being a in 1980s films and uh, 1980s films, that's hearkening back to a different time. To include little black children in yes. school is basically where you see them. Yeah, is actually kind of like. All right, you did some. You did your job.
3: You know, I I I really thought that we were gonna make the make it out of this movie without one f bomb, one r bomb. There's black folks. They're getting educated. They get to sing with everybody in front of the Christmas window. Like things are looking great. And then fa ra 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 ra
1: ra. Well,
3: and (sighs) this. As the Asian here? I don't care. It's still fucking funny. That, 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 that's the thing. This is the thing. Like, you get there and you're like, ah, and the magical Asians save Christmas mm-hmm. again. So, you know, but at the same time, if we look at it contextually, right, it's 1950s. They aren't Jewish. They aren't used to having Chinese Christmas. Like, I'm used to this, right? Like, this is what we do. We're all very excited, In my family we've already picked out the Chinese restaurant that we are ordering from this year fucking pumped on it all right um but yeah to see the goyim have a jewish christmas and just freak out about the it's smiling happy the duck and then the farrah, all of it like it's forgivable but then also still like fuck
2: we were almost there we got so close
3: almost there
4: and what's difficult is the guy who plays the manager of the restaurant is very good. Like he's his he, he just watching him kind of boil over, just very quietly boiling over. He's he's great. It's a great little performance, but it's also um, a bit mildly problematic scene. Just mildly.
3: Just mildly. The other only thing that I find mildly problematic. Although I guess, too, if you look at it in context, because I never got this either as a kid. But then, of course, I'm not a young boy. I never understood the leg lamp as a glowing symbol of sex. I was like, it's a leg lamp. What? I just never registered with me like that. I was like, it's a leg. It's got a fishnet. It's wearing a high heel. Yes. And I understand that it's a men's trophy thing. But to like have imbued it with so much it's sexy sexy, but like it's nineteen fifty-five or some shit, right? So I guess, yeah, that's like very racy for the time.
4: I guess. I was thinking about this today too. Like I, as a kid I didn't know what the fuck this was. I was like, well, I don't I don't get it. I literally don't understand what this is. Right. In nineteen eighty three, when I was in the movie theater, I said, I literally don't understand what this is. <laughs> right. mother, father, can you explain this to me? Right. This is bizarre. Is this a non sequitur? What am I missing here, mother and father?
1: <laughs> i must have had mark and Aaron and be like yo it's a lady's leg and right. it's got a booty it's got like a booty." it does have it. a little yeah, under
3: cheek a... it does right. do you got okay do you think she broke it on purpose of course she did
2: yeah absolutely
3: i kind of think she didn't
4: i, I kind of think she didn't <laughs> i don't think she... i i think that she didn't On purpose, but there may have been like a little bit of a careless movement. Yeah, I think she wasn't being careful. Yeah,
1: I think she went in with a baseball bat and then hit (laughs) that.
4: But I mean, that sets up one of Melinda Dillon's best scenes, where where Darren McGavin's trying to put it back together, and she's just sitting behind,
3: like silently trying not to laugh, and then it falls apart, (laughs) and he catches her laughing at it, and I just love when he's like, "Get the glue." out of blue it's so oh so wonderful it's so wonderful i love that
1: they they say uh that the voiceover says um that it's it's an argument that continues for years yes (laughs) like forever yes this it's brought up this is a you know it's a major point of contention between these two for the rest of their lives Absolutely
3: love it. And I love that the that the house that we just that you discovered, Amy, that is the, you know, that is the Christmas story house where you can go and stay. I didn't look up what the rates are, but I intend to do that one day. Um, and that they have the gift shop where you can buy the leg lamp and all that. But I just don't understand, given how iconic this film is and how everybody has seen it, why you can't just readily find a twenty dollar leg lamp every Christmas and every Target everywhere, or a string of leg lamps for your Christmas tree. Like, why doesn't that exist? Why isn't it there? I don't understand. Why aren't there leg lamp flashlights? Why, like, anything that could light up as a... Why isn't it a leg lamp? Why Why
2: why isn't there just a huge leg that you can replace your Christmas tree with?
3: Absolutely. (laughs) God damn it, Richard.
2: You just hook ornaments into the fishnet? Yes!
3: Fucking A! It just gets better and better.
2: I'm going to mail that idea to myself.
3: Or or as we were discussing uh George it's a you know a, like a Christmas advent game where you break the right. lamp and then put it back together so, as yeah. your game. That yeah. and then mm-hmm. then you have your you get your glued together Christmas leg lamp tree by the 24th. 3D puzzle. Yeah. Yes. Why do we have to think of everything?
4: <laughs> well, wow, this this might be the this might be the one where we all make a million dollars. This
3: yep. is it. This is the Care Bear stare I was talking about. I'm you gonna, guys. I'm
2: gonna, gonna get, get so much money. Together. Get ready to retire, everybody. <laughs> Make this, and then <laughs> we're like, get the, we, we get it out, we get it in our first stores, and we just uh-huh. stand, stand by waiting for our check to retire. And instead, it's a lawsuit from yep, yep. the makers of a Christmas story. <laughs>
3: right. <clears throat> like, and thank you. We're going to go ahead and take that idea because this it's is our property idea. to begin
2: with. <laughs> but uh, not for you.
3: Yeah. So um, I think that. Um, I think that brings me to the end of my my questions about about this film. I don't I don't have any other uh burning questions about this film. I've hit on the only two things that I could find about it, the only two things I could find that were even remotely problematic. Although I really I can't I can't place who um Grover looks like. This little thug this oh, tiny yeah. little thug, but he reminds me of some other character in some other film that I can't yeah. place. And I just love his whole look. I just look like a little fucking teamster. It's and the I plane, the
1: plane. He looks
3: like him. I, I, adore, I adore Scott Farkas and his little Toady Grover. I think that they're amazing. And I also love that, like, at this time, if we just juxtapose the terror that children have to face today from bullies on the Internet, that the way that they can terrorize these other children is just by standing in front of them and going rah (laughs) it's just so so precious it's it's so wholesome
4: and i love that it looks that they filmed it during winter it's cold you can see everyone's breath and it's like that's what that area looks like in cleveland when it's snowy it's wonderful it's unless you're driving and then it's a hell on earth because you're just sliding all over ice and
1: uh, and if, if no one's going to just we have to kind of just touch on the Santa Claus scene with the evil fucking elves.:
3: uh, yeah. I was leaving that for you because I was yesterday years old when I found out that my best friend managed a Christmas photo booth with Whoa. Santa and elves in a mall. I'd never known that about Amy and found that out yeah. yesterday.
1: Yep, I sure did. It's not as funny as David's
3: uh, Sakaris. Sedaris but we'll go. We'll I go just, with. We'll go with a hybrid between Sukara and Sedaris, though. I'm, I like <laughs> it. I <just> <laughs> just saying, David Sikara. That's awesome that I did that. Awesome. That may have been my
1: best name fuck up ever. We're gonna make a sticker with the name David
3: Sukara. <laughs> anyway, like um, the Aldi version of David Sedaris. <laughs> Is George affecting David Sedaris's voice? Oh yeah.
1: Anyway, <laughs> George and Richard, you realize in my world it is almost eleven p.m. Right. And I'm always very tired when I do these podcasts, so you know people should forgive me, but <laughs> Sasha does not. Um, anyway, I did. I did. I I, I managed a um, Santa photo fucking thing you know that you can um I lost like 20 pounds doing it It was the most stressful thing I've ever done in my life Santa Claus is a diva and um Mrs. Claus is a fucking stage mom or stage wife uh and all your employees are terrible because they're all seasonal and I mean I'm not putting out down I don't put down a group of people, but if I had to, if you were twisting, you don't my mean arm, to
3: denigrate all elves, just I'm these. I'm just gonna do <laughs> it. Like, uh-huh. like they're,
1: because they're they're usually like high school kids and then like grandmothers who are bored and oh, they were awful. And it was just it was really, really horrible. And the worst thing was was um parents uh-huh. to be fair. So I actually heard people say things like don't smile so big to their kids, you know, on Santa's lap. Jesus. Yeah, you know, things like, that's a horrible picture. Don't smile so much. Or, or, you know, um, trying to force their kids to stop crying. And it's like, mm. Dude, the kid does not want to be on Santa's lap. Like, take him off, you know. I mean, there was a couple of people who just were very cool, and like, the kid would scream, and I'd take the picture, and they, I'd be like, that's it. And they'd be like, that's it take it home because I mean I have that picture of me on Santa's lap screaming my head off and it's iconic I really
3: feel like yeah that that scene the way they've done it it's so perfect from the like I like Santa kid to just like the, the length of the line and the way everyone's bundled up I can feel it that gross recycled indoor air the mm-hmm. clamminess that you feel from being bundled up in, like, heavy clothes, but you're, like, sweating inside because it was cold outside, and now you're too warm inside, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and, you're waiting, and you get up there, and it's completely anticlimactic and awkward, and it's extra hot now because they have the fucking studio lights on you, <laughs> and it's, you're sitting on a stranger's lap, and suddenly it all comes together, you're like, this is fucked we paid to wait for this and I can't wait for it to be over. Um, and now, so this thing with you being the the um the mall Santa manager, I just want to get this really clear when you say that Mrs. Claus is a stage mom, you don't mean Mrs. Claus was in the photo. you mean the man playing Santa's wife would show up on a daily basis to try to you know inject like- herself in the in the the magic. Exactly what happened and
1: wow it, it was at like um it was at burbank the burbank mall just because oh wow george has the reference point that's what that's it, it wasn't even like we we're at the glendale galleria you know i mean this guy didn't get that gig
4: yeah one. right it's a smaller mall but there's a big center area with a huge tree so yeah
1: yep that was me and it, it was is literally i made a lot of money to be fair hey. but um God, I I remember they asked me to do it for the Easter bunny, and I was like, fuck no. <laughs> Never doing this shit ever again in my life. Fuck off. It wasn't even like, no, thank you, sir. No, because I'm very good <laughs> It was, it was like, no, email send. Um, but anyway, yeah, it was Mrs. Oh, it was just terrible. It's terrible. But but to be fair, the worst part about it was the parents. And um and the best part of this scene, in my opinion, are just the, the elves are so good. They're just like, come on, kid. We're not, we, we don't have all day. And she does this thing with her head with the bell hanging off of it. I live for this scene.
4: <laughs> oh, boy.
3: Okay, Sasha Chambers. All right. I mean... I feel like we've brought the Christmas magic. We've we've covered <laughs> these two films, you know. We've we've done the thing. Ra 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 ra. Ra 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 ra. All right. great <laughs> oh, <a> closer. <laughs> 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 All, right. All right. Last question to close it out. What is your Christmas wish for this year?
2: Are you gesturing at George? just at you, Richard. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense because we're the questions get directed at us. Okay, all right. No, it comes together. You didn't need to do anything more than that. So the Christmas wish for this year is that everybody gets vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gotten vaccinated, though, at this point. I mean, they probably won't. Um, and that, if not that, then that the Omicron variant... Um, turns out to be a less harmful variant um, which had shown some possible hope of being just so we can start the process of of um, coming out of coming out of this that'd be my christmas wish mostly people just get vaccinated that would be a big wish and stop acting like lunatics there you go
1: Now, this is all going to be political <laughs> <see you>
2: <laughs> it is
1: next. <laughs>
4: uh... 5 million dollars tax free <laughs> See it's the tax free that makes that political. <laughs>
0: hey.
4: Um but yeah it would be nice if um people stopped acting like lunatics. That's a solid that's a solid wish. There you go. And 5 million tax free dollars. Mm.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes, I'm going to I'm going to echo all of that. I would like everyone to get vaccinated, to stop acting like idiots. I would like 5 million free yep. dollars mm-hmm. and for the travel between the US and the UK to be totally open mm. so I can go and visit my my baby godson before he has a full head of teeth and car keys in his hands. For fuck's sake.
4: Yes. Wait, so he's got a ha- ha- he's, so he's got a handful of teeth. Full, a
3: handful of teeth, of teeth and
4: teeth.
1: keys.
3: Like
4: a and mouthful and, uh, of keys and a handful yeah. of teeth. I got it, got it. Sorry, sorry. Also, if I, I can just add, I
2: want I want $10 million tax. Oh! <laughs> <wow. what> I <laughs>
3: would <laughs> like that. And an Easy Bake Oven.
2: That's right. Oh, there we go.
1: Oh. Hey, I'm just going to, I only have to add one thing to that. I, I'm gun control is basically my number one. Yeah. Um, and then, I just, I'm really looking to have a trip home to the US, believe it or not. So I can um, show my kid Sasha's face. Yeah. Do we, are we going to do our last question though, Sasha?
3: Oh shit, I forgot we do that. Okay, (gasps)
1: I'll ask it. So on a flight coming to visit me in Wales, for the Christmas holiday, are you going to watch Gremlins, A Christmas Story, or any version of a Christmas carol? Oh,
0: hard
4: question. Oh, that's brutal.
1: That was a hard one. Go. <laughs> I'm going gonna,
4: I'm, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to jump in here. Do it. Because I'd love to go to Wales. Um, um, I I don't like to cry on um, in public or around people. Um, and Christmas Story has some emotional triggers, and Gremlins doesn't. Muppets Christmas Carol has a ton. But I think that I would go with Scrooged. So I'm going to go Scrooged. That's, that's the Scrooge I can have fun with, and I can feel some redemption. Yeah, yeah. Scrooged is a more of a fun hangout. Because like if I'm going to watch that a couple times, because um, it's about a nine hour flight for me, 10 hour. So
2: yeah, yeah Scrooged. That's one I can watch on repeat. So. Yeah, I'm going to just go with Scrooged as well. So we get the Christmas carol part of it. There's a, a few emotion, a, a, some emotional beats there. And mm-hmm. um, I could watch that on repeat. Uh, so let's uh, let's go with that.
3: Um, be, because I'm a big nerd and because I think I'm such a badass that I can now handle horror comedy, I would probably watch Gremlins over and over again and fully nerd out and try to learn the Gremlins language by the time I landed there. Custo yab yar. That's great.
1: And trip out. (laughs) out. Kids, I was going to say Scrooge 2. Whoa. whoa. Christmas movie (laughs) ever. Probably my favorite. That's great. I was going to say it before you said it. But then you said it and then Richard said it. So we all said it except Sasha, but that's cool. That's like still three out of four. And Sasha, to be fair, I'm just really happy that you are opening your heart to gore, you know? That's a Christmas present to me in itself.
3: So thank you all so much for listening to our latest episode of eating after midnight. And thank you Richard and George for making our Christmas miracle of an episode come true. If you liked what you heard, please pop on over to iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on and we seen best scene. I hope and leave us some stars in a review. You'd also make our day. If you could follow us on Instagram at eating after midnight podcast, George and Richard can be found at we seen best scene. Am I correct on that George? on instagram uh yes i think <laughs> awesome find them Worst scene best scene. we follow them you can find them in our in our followings on our on our on our instagram oh actually instagram, instagram. it's just at worst scene oh at there. worst scene there you go um and if you've got the time dm us with any comments questions complaints um we'd love <laughs> to hear from you and until next time may you get the red rider of your dreams may your christmas tree shine bright and may your holiday season be filled with all the magical asians you could possibly hope for farrahrahrah custo yap yar chambers out
4: no horseshit wang